0: Welcome back to Awkward and Black, guys. We actually have a guest today, Daniel. You can introduce yourself,
1: Daniel. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? So my name is Daniel. Some people call me DJ Mante. Other people call me DM Cool, host and producer of Cool Radio, radio show slash podcast, airs every Friday at 8.30 p.m. at MaximumFM.ca. What up, everybody?
0: I'll have everything of in Daniel's information linked down below from the podcast as well as on our YouTube channel as well.
1: That's us up yeah um but yeah thank you for uh inviting me onto the show it's been a been, i've been waiting for this moment you know the tickets have come to roost now and uh i get to air out what i want to air out as pertains to what you guys are going to be bringing to the show today so i'm very excited about this it's this going to be uh, very good just, just to let the awkward and black members know, this nigga ain't shit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it, it's so hard for me to keep that in with you. Like, I, I keep it in for so long. in your soul, wasn't it, Justin? They're friends. friends. It was. Thank you. So, 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 just a little back out history. now I've, I've known Daniel since the end of high school. Actually, we ended up going to college together. We actually had a YouTube show way, way, way back in the day, DJ TV. You guys can look it up. Shout out to Drew Breezy. Um, and then when Daniel, Daniel then leached off and or moved off, I should say. Then yeah, leached off? <laughs> <laughs> See how the hate just comes out? I not no, no, like, no, like, ah, how you really God. feel.
2: Hey. Tell us how you really feel.
1: Gee. so. No, 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 no. It's all jokes, <laughs> all jokes. So, so Daniel, Daniel moved off. And um, we decided to close down DJ TV. Daniel had a productive radio show. Was it a radio show first? Yeah, no. it was radio show first. And then, like, I split it as far as radio and then podcast. Because like, radio, like, you can listen to it live if you're on the frequency. Yeah. But then if, if you happen to miss it, I post it later as a, as a podcast. So you can listen to your, it. Your it. career went through a few transitions. It was Let That Ish Breathe. That was the name of the show first. Yeah. And then it came into cool radios. I'm putting some respect on your name. Then I think in about the second season of Cool Radio, he added myself, uh, I went under Jay Kareem, still going to Jay Kareem, you can still find me there. And then we had our homegirl Kayla, schoolgirl Kay, and we had a good show. And then after that, you went into Maxim FM and then that's when you built uh, your own show, just taking all those elements and putting it all together, man. Pretty much, yeah, I did that, put it all, all up on the video as well, so like, there's like, clips on YouTube that I was posted up. And yeah, just uh, kind of made it a bit more, a bit more well-rounded, so like not just having, you know, people within, like, the music space, but people just, people who are, who aren't afraid to speak on the mic, whether they're public figures or whether they're behind the scenes. So I've had, like, photographers, I've had music executives, I've had, you know, educators on the show, few politicians, actors, comedians, like, just basically anyone who's in somewhat of a creative space or even, like, a non-creative space, but can still definitely add to whatever dialogue that that I like to discuss. Long story short, I basically discuss anything that's Hip-hop related, as well as pop culture, sports, and you know, socio-political themes as well. So, anyone who's willing to kind of dive in and and um, contribute to that conversation, as well as having a platform of their own, that is basically Cool Radio is basically the space for that, essentially. So, that's how it, that's how it's been for the last few years, and that's how it'll continue to be. Until so we make some more adjustments and changes and things of that nature. No, I see. I see you fitting nicely in this platform. We mainly talk about the same topics, but I like that you might as well talk your shit, bro. It's good to have friends in our uh, high places, you know. friend
2: I- no, no, out <laughs> I'm- there. When I'm, ready to talk,
1: when I'm ready to talk about my shit, I know it'll come on. You know how it'll go. Of but, course. Of
2: uh, course. Man, we're going to fuck that shit, son. We're going to fuck that. We're <laughs>
1: coming home. It's, it's, been a, it's, it's been a long time where you did. Me and Daniel haven't, haven't been on the mic together in, in Yeah, you know what? It's that, been a long time. That is time. true. I think the last time I had you on Cool Radio was probably maybe three years ago when we were doing the year-end wrap-up where we were counting down like the top five artists and, and all that stuff. So, yeah, it's been a minute, man. It's been a minute since we've been on the mic together. Whenever we're on the mic together, shit goes down.
2: <laughs>
1: shit goes down. it we been, been a loss the year-end wrap-up, man. I'm not able to do the year-end wrap-up. Well, so, it, it depends on when it falls. Yeah. Usually, I'm busy with um yours truly, Brittany, here. So, it's hard to, you know. But it depends on <laughs> when it falls. I
2: taking up all
1: your time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'd I'd rather be... um in you per se than with Daniel. So, I'm fucking hilarious. Oh god, <laughs> I'm fucking done. Wow. Oh, there's there's one major topic I want to get at, but before we do, let's let's talk about everyone's weeks. I know it's COVID. Me and Brittany been talking about COVID <laughs> for a long time. Daniel, DM cool, Mr. Manta. How have you been dealing with COVID thus far? Just give us give us the replays yeah man so yeah we gotta take it back all the way to like mid-march if that's the case so um for you know full disclosure for people who are out there right now so justin and i we work for the same company um located in toronto and i am called oh i, I talked the- about what our company did on this that's yeah he's reasonable. already talked about what y'all do <laughs> <laughs> oh okay okay all right well all right yeah you already cleared clear that okay cool so anyways um yes yeah, so we work for the same company and um I'm coming all the way from West, West end, basically. So I live in Oakville, full disclosure. So the commute from Oakville to Toronto, it can be pretty pricey once you add things up together. So for me, the, the whole shutdown has resulted in me saving a shit ton of money. And I love it. You know, just off of transportation alone, I've never seen so many numbers in my bank account. And it's a beautiful thing. I'm talking about the checking and the savings account. It's fucking wonderful. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So on that end, I do not miss the commute whatsoever. Do I miss the face-to-face interactions? Of course. Like, we're all human at the end of the day. Like, yeah. we all like to, you know, talk to each other face-to-face, but you, you work with what you got. So that's probably been my mentality. Um, since then, the only drawback, I would say the main drawback because of the shutdown has been the, the inability, I should say, for me to continue with Cool Radio because the... Uh, location for cool radio is downtown toronto and you know i'm not trying like at least within the first phase of it i wasn't trying to take any chances as far as taking you know ttc or any type of transportation between between oakville and toronto therefore i kind of had to you know put the suspension on cool radio like the nba you know until further notice essentially so now that things are starting to get a little bit better you know just at least from you know from you know the eye test so to speak and then and, and precautions have been put into place you know cool radio I may do a return of that sometime during the summer but you know we'll wait and see but nonetheless uh beyond that the only other thing that I've had to like kind of adjust to besides that is you know not having the option to do certain things at least within the early stages of it so I have a basketball court for example like an indoor basketball court that that I love to play at as much as I can whenever the uh gym is available can't do that why covid so that's just like an only that's probably like the only minor thing that i've had to kind of get around but other than that it's been good like you know i the moment i end work off at five o'clock or five um i'm already home so i can do whatever i want i have so much time saved at that point gives you a lot of time for other things been a bit more leisurely with with how i like to do things as well especially with watching netflix and and crave and what have you catch you up on shows that i've missed out in the past or rewatching shows or particular seasons of shows that i thought were really good and they needed another watch um yeah just uh, just making the most out of whatever we have and i think even you know during the summertime or what will be the summer i think will still be enjoyable to a certain extent i was just at a barbecue on friday so yeah, first barbecue of the summer. Like, yeah. I can't really yeah. complain with that. <laughs> you see
2: people I think into like groups of ten or something like
1: that. Exactly. Yeah, and like even like the week before, chilling at a friend's house, whatever, with like about five or six people at best. So, yeah, yeah. things things have been uh, as good as they possibly can be, um and hopefully, you know, we can return to the closest form of normalcy as possible. You know, once this is all said and done. But as far as I'm concerned, I've been making the most of it and I have very little to complain about. You no, know, to be honest, it's it's definitely a money saver. I won't lie. Like, I have I'm coming out of this debt free. School debt is gonna be a by the time I come out of this. But to I think the one thing, like, I've been saying this: like, is it gonna be an epidemic, is it gonna be a pandemic, or is it gonna be an endemic? I'm starting to believe it's gonna be an endemic. Like, I'm starting to believe that like COVID-19 is gonna be something that just continues on, like AIDS. Per se, right, where it's like it's just there, and you just have to kind of move around it, because I don't know, man they they keep telling us that they want us to come back in the office, and I'm like, I'm not trying to come back in the office. I don't think our, able our, to our, think our office has like three hundred people, people, it's open concept, there's no desk, there's no rooms, it's just everyone's just there, like it's a breeding ground for that. I'm not trying to come back in the office, really. yeah, Wait, especially so if, if you, hm is your office actually open? Oh, yeah, it's very open. Yeah, yeah. And like, there's no cubicles. Like, there's so a few offices. There right now or no? Oh, I don't know if anyone's there. I don't know if anyone's there.
0: Okay, so they're asking oh. you guys to come back, but, like, have, they yeah, they have... safety precautions they are going to be Like, What do you think with plexiglass plexiglass?
1: Well, they put out, like, a survey, maybe, okay. like, back in June, asking us how we felt about coming back. Yeah. Obviously, the surveys were, like, confidential for like, each person. Me, I said I'm not really comfortable with coming yeah. back just yet because, like, It's only been about three months. Like, we don't know how strong of a a pandemic this is going to be. So not to mention, again, me saving money on transportation, working from home. Not only that, but, like, my numbers have better than they've ever been as far as me working from home. Like, I've actually doubled my input, and I've actually increased my, my major metrics to the point where, like, I'm leading my team in those metrics now. So it's just, like, all this happened from working from home. So for anyone to say, thank you, thank you, sir, thank you. So for anyone to say that, you know, working from home, you're not as productive or it's not yeah. part of the status quo, like we're we're shutting those 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 notions down by by producing with the numbers and what have you. So if I can stay at h- home for as long as possible before we're all welcome back, my ass is staying home. No, I'm saving money so you, and I'm making you guys money as well. So you believe that working from home is a new way? It should be.
2: Well, like, Doris
1: at least, at the very least, should be an option. Should be an option for all
2: companies.
0: I think a lot of people, I think it's because uh, Google and Facebook released the fact that all their employees are going to be working from home until 2021 until the situation is reevaluated. Right. And you have Shopify, all their employees are going to be working remotely as well. Mm -hmm. There's nobody in the office. So it's interesting to see how the dynamic is shifting where less companies are going to need office spaces, not as big as they need right now because you're not going to have as many people coming in. that's why I was wondering if if the office was actually opening. So I was like, but you guys are doing what you can do in an office. You guys can actually do from home successfully. And that's why when you said that you're more productive than you were before, I was like, well, that just goes to show how before it was people literally, companies were literally saying, oh no, if you work from home, you're going to be distracted. You're not as productive. You don't do this. But it's actually been proven that that's false, that you can actually be more productive because you have a better work-life balance because you actually get to enjoy your life after you finish work. Mm-hmm. And then you seem to be doing better overall. So congratulations to you for leading your team and doing better. That's awesome. I was just wondering. Cause it's just <laughs> I was just wondering. I was thinking in my mind. I'm like, if Google and Facebook and Shopify and all these places are so like, no, we get you guys can stay home. Why would you even? I would rather wait for the year to end for everything to be reevaluated. I agree. People are going back into open concept spaces because, like, I don't really know how that would be great for you guys being on the phone with a mask covering your face where people can't hear you because everything's muffled.
1: Exactly. And like, I think people are just kind of getting antsy and it's all due to like cabin fever. Like, let's just be patient with this, you know, like, yeah. unless if you have like some multi-million-dollar scheme, like the NBA does with like, what, like a bubble and what have you, and being in like an actual quarantine environment, then what good does it make coming back into the office? You know, especially when yeah. we're all as productive or more productive than we were while we were in the office. What is the rush? There shouldn't be any rush.
2: I think That's the
1: rush is money. Yeah.
0: The Russians just, they think that they're gonna get more money if everyone goes back to work. And I don't actually think that's true. I think it's not, I don't, life as we know it is never gonna be the same.
1: Right. So
0: that's what well, I think
1: Essentially, all these companies, including the U.S. president and other presidents are trying to get their economies back up, despite people's debts. They're just like, fuck it, y'all yeah. die. We'll lose a couple, but the money's gonna be all right. It's just, it's, it's show people's true colors, right? You're finally seeing people's true colors. They're kind of just like, okay.
2: And yeah, it, like the
0: colors, it just got really bright all of a sudden <laughs> because they're like, yeah. I don't
1: care if you die. Yeah, it's yeah. like we, we, all, we all knew like a lot of these people were capitalistic jackasses, right? But like yeah. now they're like really putting it on full display. Like you said, Brittany, like it's a brighter light. Before it was dim. Now it's a lot brighter, basically. Now it's like headlights, you know, yeah. in the middle of nowhere, essentially. So it's like, okay, so America has 2.7 million deaths, you know, due to COVID and what have you, and Florida is probably like the biggest hot, hot hotbed for it because of the fact that they didn't prepare in time when it actually did come and they're still not doing their job for pre- preparing for it because people a lot of people are still going to clubs they're yeah still a lot of people know. who are there like a lot of people who are there are like extremely conservative and they hold on to certain values that, and they believe that you know the health restrictions for COVID go against I their values that. You, you saw
0: a video that came out of them at the public this that event that ah, for like in Florida where they went to go speak to like their people I can't remember what it's called <laughs> They literally, this woman came up to the podium and said, You are going against God and Jesus. He gave us the right to breathe These people uh, in Florida are saying that a massive
1: not- Florida gonna Florida the same way <laughs> Quebec gonna it's Quebec.
0: So Florida
1: insane. gonna Florida, and people are
0: yes. going against God, against Jesus. And then one person was like, God is the one who, who, who makes us breathe in our lungs. And I said, no, it's not. That's a whole type of setup that your body does from a connection from your brain
2: to your lungs that, like, function. What are you talking about? Well, you know what the Florida, joke is? Florida, no one, no Florida. one has a problem with
1: those types of protests. But we're, when we're protesting about, you know, unarmed Black individuals oh, yeah. being killed for no reason, yeah. then it's a problem then we got to learn about the right way to protest. Yeah. We should follow Martin Luther King's lead. He was the one that showed us how to... No, fuck, fuck, fuck you, Karen. Fuck you, Karen, Thank and fuck you. you, Karen. All right? suck <laughs> my dick. It's like, fuck. <laughs> Don't eat mayo on a stick. Like, go call your manager and tell him to fuck off, too. Fuck y'all. Y'all ain't shit. Because I work yo, with yo.
0: mayo and her food every day,
2: now
1: that you just said that. <laughs> yeah, now that we're on the topic of Florida Florida and in Quebec, Quebecian for my Canadians, Yo, how is how is we okay, I already know what you're gonna say. We talked about it so many times to the point we have to kind of move ourselves away from the topic because it's just disheartening. But Mm. how has um the overall police shootings and Karen's that you're accustomed to seeing and accustomed to living with, accustomed to seeing on television as well? But how is it the multiplying of it after COVID? What I mean by that is like I was (laughs) telling Brittany one of our last podcasts, where I was like, yo, these cops really don't give a fuck like we have given police so much power so much authority to the point where people are protesting not only all over the united states but all over canada and in 17 18 other countries to the point where the protests for the first time are not just black people but the majority of them are non-black people and the police are still actively murdering, harassing Black people, and Karens are still actively calling the police and pulling out guns. Like, it's to the point where I told Brittany, I was like, yo, we've given too much authority to the police that they really don't care. And some white people are showing their true colors. They're like, yo, I don't give a shit. Like, I know you're going to fail me. I know it's going to ruin my job, but I'm going to get this racism off. How you feel, bro? um this is how this so much as to how i feel about this i'll start off by saying this let that just read you know if it offends you it's meant to um so when a lot of these kens and karens come out and they start using their big karen energy and complain about why we're you know protesting and what have you i know you like that justin i like that uh why they're pro why we're protesting what have you They fail to, you know, they fail to address the reasons as to why we're protesting. Mm -hmm. And they always point out to us as the ones who are rioting and looting, which isn't the case at all. It's either, you know, non-black people, aka white people, who just want to riot for the sake of rioting so that they can cover their mess under all the, uh, under all the distress that's happening. Or it's actually the police who are the ones who are setting the rioting because they're wearing riot gear. The police are being militarized. They're carrying AK-47s and, and and using shields like they're fucking Captain America, for God's sakes. And then when peop- people are peacefully protesting, sitting in a kumbaya circle, what have you, these are the ones who, these are the people, by the people I mean the police, who are shooting off rubber bullets, who are sending off smoke grenades and flash grenades as well to disperse the people. They are the ones who are inciting the rioting and the looting. Yet all the Karens of the world seem to, gleefully ignore that and then say well maybe this is what black people should do and so they don't get themselves in this situation no karen what you should do is to take the mayo dick out your mouth and take the fucking (laughs) privilege out of your ears and listen and see why everyone is in such a distraught situation it's because of the people that you believe are here to protect and service are not doing their job they're not protecting and serving us they are harassing us and and, and severing us from what we see as reality or what we should deserve to have as reality, which is the right to live equally amongst every other other single person who isn't black. But they wanna take those rights away from us. Those are fundamental rights that are entitled to everyone in North America. Like, it's a Second Amendment in Canada. I don't know what amendment it is in America. But nonetheless, we have the right to live liberally amongst every other person in this country, no matter what race, creed, or religion you belong to. But of course, they ignore that because of the color of our skin. Now, having to try to explain that to a lot of Karens of the world, they don't understand that because they can't take the guise of privilege out of their minds. But they'll be the first people to say that they don't have privilege because privilege is only reserved for the 1%. And it gets exhausting to tell them that no, Karen. It doesn't mean to have privilege doesn't mean that you exist within the 1%. It means that in general, you're given the benefit of the doubt because of the color of your skin. And then, like, I've had a few Karens, you know, one in particular come to me and and have the audacity to be like oh well I don't have privilege because I'm not in the one percent and my son is autistic and he gets bullied for being autistic and I got pulled over for having the wrong license plate because I'm a woman no you got pulled over because you have the wrong license plate you just said it yourself Karen You fuck media like she always uses her son as a battering hammer as a shield to to basically you know um to to, to basically uh, disprove the notion of white privilege, but at the end of the day, like it's not about you, and like that's the problem. Like you're not listening to understand; you're listening to respond. And by you getting all defensive, it shows that you, at the very least, subconsciously have some sort of innate racial bias that you are afraid to to confront. And when you start bringing up all these cases about whether it's your autistic son or your wrong license plate number, or whatever the case may be, the fact that you don't use moisturizer, and now you look like 50 years old in the way you should look. At the end of the day, it's all you, Karen. It's all you. and It's all privilege. And Until you come to grips with your privilege, then you will never understand, and therefore you should never have this conversation with anyone, because you, coming from a long line of people who have never been oppressed, should not tell the oppressed how to deal with their oppression. That's what it comes down to. You know, I'm not going to lie. The only girl I know that has the name is Karen is black. It's a Ghanaian girl. She has the name Karen. She's black. That's the oh, only I do know Karen, a Ghanaian name girl named Karen as well. That's hilarious. Karen, I know this white girl who's Italian. Literally. No, but no, Daniel, what you're saying is true, man. I've uh, Listen, it's it's like, I was talking to this with Benny about this on one of our episodes, and I was just saying that, like, yo, like, people got to realize, man, like, I used to always think that, because, okay, it's funny how in 2020, in 2020, you still have people fighting for basic dignity and rights, whether those people are black, whether those people are Latino, whether those people are new immigrants that came to the country, whether those people are LGBTQ who transcend race, religion, and culture, still fighting for rights over white men who don't want to offer it up. Like, yo, just let it go, bro. Your time is done. Your reign is over. Just (laughs) let it go. Like, it's so hard. And I said this to Brittany, I'm like, yo, it's like, I used to always think that eventually that old white generation would die off, but no, they just keep teaching another generation. Mm -hmm. So it's not gonna die if you keep teaching it, right? The same way I said to you about how everyone needs to unlearn, they need to unlearn, right? But at the same time, it's like, it's like, (laughs) it's like, I look at it and like, I thought about this one day. I'm just like, yo, the media and everybody, we've created this imagery since slavery to continue on right that like black people i'm just using black people as an example right but there's a lot of cultures but black people are just deviant they're ignorant they're this They're this to this to this to this and we've carried this on for generations decades and decades and decades and that's why now even when you visually see it you still make up an excuse why it happened like, I remember when the Rodney King thing happened, because before Rodney King, when NWA and everybody else was talking about it, like, oh, that's not real. Police brutality is not real. Even though the Black Panthers were created to fight police brutality, it's not real. Then Rodney King happened, and everybody was shocked. But it was only Black people that rioted. And white people were still like, yeah, that was one instance. But it's not real. It's like, white people, like, like, white people have this thing where it's like, if I can't see it, it's not real. But yet I believe in Jesus, right? So... <laughs> <laughs> the, Most of them then, the
0: religion is excuse to do these things.
1: Exactly. The, the, then you Your religion go religion was used as an excuse to oppress people of color.
2: Exactly.
1: Then you go I forward and like right after Trayvon Martin, it's literally been every month, every month. There's the, there's a there's a white cop harassing a black woman. There's a white cop pinning down a black young girl in a bathing suit. There's a white cop beating up a black woman. There's a white cop shooting a black man in a car with his kids. There's a white cop shooting a black woman in her bed. There's a white cop just gunning down a black man after he asked him for his wallet and he was walking to his car. There's a white cop shooting a black boy in in a Walmart in the aisle of the toy guns when he has a toy gun in his hand. There's a white cop shooting another black boy as a drive-by because he was called that a white boy had a toy gun on the street. And half of these deaths are perpetuated by white women who just keep calling the cops as they did way long time ago in the antebellum South and are still doing it now. Like if you're in my way, I'll just have you removed permanently by calling the cops. (laughs) Like it's some view of like authority, like you can't be against me. And if you don't listen to what I say and obey me, I will call the police who are here to take you out and make me comfortable. Right. And it's just like, if you can't see that, I'm just like, you, you, you know what, you know what, also the problem is though? It's um, well, first of all, what you're saying is totally 110% correct, and people need to like use their own better sense of judgment to find out hey, maybe there's a pattern happening. But a large part of the problem is the media perception of how these deaths are characterized. Yeah. So, for example, when Shavar Martin died, they did a toxicology exam uh, on his body during the autopsy. And they found that they had, you know, certain levels of THC in his body, THC, weed, marijuana, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So basically with that, they, they're, they're basically the media was trying to say that, you know, he had he, he had he was inebriated in his body. Therefore, his death is somewhat justifiable. Or when Mike, when, when Mike Brown got killed, they showed video surveillance of him harassing a convenience store clerk therefore making his death a bit more justifiable. When uh, Even when George Floyd died, they tried to say that he had symptoms of COVID-19 within his lungs. It's like, no, he didn't die because of COVID-19. He died because a man was pressing his knee on his fucking neck. That's why he died. So the media perception of a lot of these deaths is that, yeah, he got killed by the police, but he did this and that before. Therefore, his death, he basically had it coming, but then flip the side over, and if it's a crazy white person shooting up a church or a school, they always use the, the the dramatization effect of building some sort of tragic hero narrative to that person. It's like, oh, he was a troubled young man. He went to this university when he was younger. His parents went through a divorce. They try to create some sort of sympathetic background in order to explain and justify why he sh- shot up a school. Basically trying to say, maybe if he had a better upbringing, this never would have happened. We could have avoided this. So it all comes down to you know media perception, me being in the media and what have you. Absolutely. I'm aware of all, a lot of these narratives and notions that a lot of these uh, news broadcasters speak on. I'm not just talking about Fox News because we already know they're a <laughs> propaganda machine, but even some of the more liberal ones. Like sometimes you might get that 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 same headline from from an MSNBC or from a CNN or what have you, but you know, it just goes to show you that the journalism is very biased and it's very partial and it's very partisan as well. And I think if a lot of these people, and I'm not even going to blame it on networks, I'm more so going to blame it on individuals and producers. If they had just told the story for what it is, then people can get a better sense and understanding of why these things are happening, how they're happening, and say to themselves, hey, that doesn't really sound right at all. Maybe we should do something about this so that it doesn't happen again going forward. And I think it's the media's responsibility to report the story the proper way, without any bias, without any agenda. And even if there's a bias in favor of you know, the Black person you know, being killed in the sense that, that, that this Black person should be killed, that's fine. Because as a human fundamental right, no one should have their life taken away. So if you're doing it in the sense of putting, you know, the murderers, a.k.a. the police, accountable for their actions, then so be it. You know, it's funny because, you know, America's big on terrorism and, and eradicating terrorism. Yet the KKK is arguably the biggest domestic terrorist group in America. And half of them bleed into the police force. Yet there is no reprimand for these people whatsoever. I don't know. So good old we're two boy, together. It's it's a good old boys club, bro. It's a good old. It is. Club. It is. I no, would, I, agree, I agree exactly what you're
2: saying.
0: I think the one issue that I have, especially when it comes to white women weaponizing their whiteness, is the fact that a lot of them think it's justifiable, in the sense of saying that, like, I think I think the greatest fear for any black person is if you something happens to the white woman because you either like she's either gonna cry. And, oh,
2: well, I,
0: a and then all of a sudden you're like shit this white woman is crying she's either going to cry and call the police on you and then she's going to make up an entire fabricated story of something that you have to like refute persistently and be like that is not what happened too. yeah and be like i didn't do these things like why would you why would you say this to me and it's amazing just because when i see when i see the white when i see the white women who are on my facebook especially and they sometimes talk about the things that happen they always have an excuse. Mm-hmm. And when I call them out on it, they're like, oh my God, Brittany, you're attacking me. I said, you see, those words mm-hmm. drive me mad because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to explain to you that, th- that your reasoning for this is completely and utterly a racist ideology and trying to let you know that this is wrong, but you're gonna then say to me that I'm attacking you.
2: And we all no, know that ju- a
0: white woman says you're attacking me, it's over for you because then all her white friends come out of nowhere and start coming at you. You have no idea how many people have had to unfriend because of this shit, because I've had people harassing me, and I'm like, what the hell?
1: You know, you know what the joke is? And I always, as much as white women say that they don't have privilege, yes, white, do. women, white women fully understand. They might not want to acknowledge their privilege, but they fully understand that if they're in a comfortable situation, all they got to do is cry wolf, literally. Mm-hmm. That situation will be handled to the point where the other person will be either removed, arrested, or killed. in favor because they are uncomfortable so they're fully aware of this that's why that one canadian bitch in new york decided Amy amy cooper i will call the police and tell them i have a black man here harassing me but yeah at the same time they say i don't have privilege i'm a woman you know they love resting their their laurels on that it's fucking hilarious maybe you don't have privilege in a white male patriarchal setting but outside of that oh your privilege is golden and you know it too some people don't know it but a lot of them do. So and they, a white woman and, like, crying used to cause riots, bro. Yeah. A white woman crying used to cause riots. Of course. Not only that, but I actually remember a situation like that happening at where I used to work before FreshBooks, where a white woman basically got some guy fired. Now he got. Now the guy wasn't black, or whatever. It was a white guy as well, and like they basically exchanged numbers from one another, and like I guess they're like you know talking to each other, whatever. Yeah. And then, you know when she and then when she was like flirting with like customers and stuff like that i guess like he like, from what i heard like he would like text me and be like you know like why are you flirting with that dude for or whatever right and they kind of had a back and forth and then they escalated to the point where she said you know i'm gonna tell management that you're harassing me and he's just like but he was asking why you were flirting with other dudes when you guys are fully establishing some sort of like romantic relationship with one another so He kind of has a right to know so that he knows where he stands in whatever you're trying to establish. But instead, she she calls HR on him, and then HR basically gives him the ultimatum to either quit or you're going to get fired. So he basically was forcibly fired. Well, forcibly had to quit, but he basically got fired. Let's call it for what it is. So, yeah, Becky's got privilege. (laughs) We're sharing Becky's stories. Bro, I remember when me and you were in college. There was a black friend of ours, no names mentioned, Okay. who basically was dating a white woman who he wanted to break up with, and the white woman threatened him with, if you break up with me, I'll tell the police and my father that you rape me. Even though they have been dating for a long period of time, Dumb. the man comes over to the house, sleeps in the girl's room, the dad don't say nothing, all of that, but if you break up with me, I will tell my father and the police that you rape me. I'll never forget this shit. And then on top of that, me and Brittany used to work yes. together. And there was a white woman that we used to work with, a young white girl who literally broke up with her boyfriend.
2: Oh, yeah, rat tails.
1: Rat tails. Rat. broke up. Her
0: what? guy job was so bad. That's why I called her rat tails.
2: Anyway.
1: This girl broke up with her boyfriend. Yes. And they gave her a week off of work, paid, Wait. and we all had to write a card, and let, her let a card for her
2: for are team.
1: you okay? Yo, Daniel, a couple of months before Sorry. this, a couple of months before this, I was in the hospital, okay? Oh, Went back in the hospital, okay? These motherfuckers didn't believe me. I had to take a picture of my wrist with the it's hospital band speak. on it and send it to them. And even then, when I came in the next day, they're just like, Oh, so are you going to put it down as a sick day? I was like,
2: I used wow. to. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. fucking,
1: yeah. fucking Karen ass Susan gets to take a week off because yeah. she yeah. broke up with her ancient yeah. boyfriend. Yeah. But you have to show proof of receipts from the fact that you were in a hospital. Listen, when you have the little wrist thing signifying exactly. that you're in a hospital, that's when you know it's serious. You're not yeah. going in for a checkup or to get medication. You're going in because an emergency happened yeah. or that I you think- had to take in some, some extended time off due to a planned appointment that you had hospital. Uh, i woke up in the hospital
0: yeah and like i remember I that in the
1: hospital. they came to my house and got me i woke up in the hospital bro and
0: the manager actually approached me who was uh in charge of justin and was like is he really at the hospital and i was like yes
1: like why would anyone lie about that
0: and he approached me he's like are you sure i'm like yes he's really that they actually did not believe him i will never forget that i got so mad
1: and I then when I came when I came in, they asked me again. Oh, do you have any other proof? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. That's like, what, what do mean. you want them to do? Like, take a take a selfie in his fucking like hospital gown and a gurney? Like, like, what? I. No, I,
0: think
1: <laughs> that, yo, was, I think that company went out of business. Hey, eh? yo, fuck them.
0: Like, I think the one thing that for me that I think the one time it happened was before I was even working with Justin. I remember this girl. Justin will know who I'm talking about. She used to cry at the drop of a dime. Like, if you oh, said anything to this girl that she just remotely thought was either rude, offensive, or even if you're just telling her the truth, she lit her eyes, she could turn on water like a sprinkler. Like, it was insane. She, I remember she came up to me, and this is going to be about when she, okay, this white woman touched my hair. I, my back was I to her, okay? My back was to her, and this was, my, hair was, my hair was done, and all of a sudden, I feel a person gently hugging, like, squishing my hair. So I whip around, and I'm like, what are you doing?
2: And she's yeah.
0: like, oh, God, your hair is so exotic. And I was like, uh. don't ever call me exotic. And I said, and secondly, I said, don't ever touch my fucking hair. That's exactly what I said, because I was so upset. And she was like, she looks at me, and she goes, I don't know why you're getting so upset. And I said, do I look like a zoo animal to you, where you can just willingly touch me? And I said, and if I was a zoo animal, wouldn't I turn around and bite you, because I don't want you touching me? Mm-hmm. I said, why, why do you think that you have the right to, one, come up behind me where I can't see you, And touch me without my permission. Yo, this girl literally started to cry. And when I tell you cry, I don't mean like a no no no. I mean like full-on big fat tear cry. And I'm looking at her and I said to her, I was like, stop that. Stop crying. You should see how fast the manager's like, oh my god, what happened? What happened? What happened? she turns and looks and she was like, I was just complimenting Britney and her hair. And she turned around and, and she got mad at me. And I was like, oh my God, that's not what happened. I was like, don't do that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yo, I, actually I, liter-
0: I literally got spoken to and told that I was being too aggressive. Even though this person, even though this woman came up behind me and touched me without my consent. I was told I was too aggressive. And then I had to go sit pretty much in a friggin' timeout for 10 minutes so I could calm down like I was a damn child.
2: I'm not
1: the, if the situation was reversed if you were touching her hair oh you you probably okay. would have had written up minimum thank minimum you. thank you you know you I'm know I actually, have, I actually have a theory about this man i remember being around my niece when she was younger my niece is like 11 now but i remember being around her when she was like four or five six you guys have all met her and whenever she would do something wrong she would cry wolf whenever whenever something would happen in, she would cry wolf, which is the response of a toddler. Yeah, A toddler, yeah. when a toddler knows they're in trouble, they'll cry for sympathy. When a toddler knows that something is not right, they'll cry for sympathy. That's what a child does, right? Yeah. It seems like white women have developed this concept into adulthood, where it's like, where it's like, it's like nobody has corrected this within their childhood life. Because you, usually by the time you get to around your later years, eight, nine, 10, 11, People will usually tell you man up or woman up and stop crying about your problems and talk through them and deal with them. And you can't always cry. Your parents are not always going to be here to help you. Mm-hmm. Your older siblings are always going to be here to help you. Like when you're younger, you'll cry to your older siblings and parents. And when you get older, it's like, no, you got to man up and deal with your own problems. You can't keep crying everybody to come save you. You know what I mean? Boy who cried wolf. But it seems like white women specifically don't get that talk. Like it seems like throughout their life, they just know that if they cry, somebody will come and defend them, and they don't get that talk. It's like that aspect of toddlerism has transcended into their adult life. That's literally what it sounds like. Yeah, because yeah, like a lot of these white women growing up, like they they grow up idolizing Disney princesses, and they're they're treated like damsels in distress because they feel as though they have enough privilege to not try to work hard for anything. And that everything will be granted to them on, 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 on their, the simplest request of their acquiescence, essentially. So with that in mind, with that mentality in mind, they, all they have to do is just show up. And then whatever they ask for or demand will be given to them with the swiftness. So they, can get, they feel as though they're entitled to get away with all of the, a lot of these things. And it's funny because, you know, kind of going back to the A.B. Cooper thing. I remember last month, yeah, last month, I posted a video of that of that scenario and i'm looking at the comments and i was so disgusted that like i posted what i saw in that post uh a few other posts later maybe like a day or two later and basically what i said was how i was disgusted at the fact that there are more people commenting under my post who are more who felt more sympathetic about the dog than <laughs> a black man who was potentially going to get his life taken because of a white woman telling lies. And I just let that sink in. I let that sink in. I waited for any or every white person to be like, no, that's not what I did, whatever. Like, one person did, actually, which I, which I found hilarious. But, like, I watched, you know, the people who commented on life and what have you. I'm like, I see you. I see all on my problems.
2: It
0: amazes me how any, like, one <laughs> weaponize privilege, though. Because it literally turns into a weapon that's a life or death situation for you. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Are, white, women ha- white women have weaponized their privilege to the point where people have been fired, as you just said, with that person you used to work with, um, to me getting a time-out. <laughs> um, and then, um, also too, being in a workplace and just being Black is really interesting because uh, I once had a phone call where I, where I worked in a call center and I was on a phone, and this guy over the phone literally I kid you not, not only called me, so literally he said to me, he's like, you're not listening to me, you fucking bitch. And then he called me a cunt.
1: Damn.
0: Right? So I was trying- I know
1: this story. Yeah, you're- You, you have a
2: stuff on kind of mad me- to call somebody a cunt. Man. I
0: was trying very hard to not snap, but you could like visibly see that I was like shaking. And yeah, I was sleeping. So, I enacted the right where I don't have to like, I don't have to like offer you any type of service at that point because if you use abusive language either in person or over the phone, you have the right to deny that person's service for your own safety. It's an actual right. I literally said to him, I'm not going, I said, no, I'm like, I'm like, whatever you just said to me, I said, you said that to me, I said, I am no longer helping you and I'm gonna transfer the call over to somebody else. I said, I'm not helping you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: As soon as I, those words left my mouth, my white manager comes over to me and says, "You know what, Brittany? You're going to have to sit through this call." I was like, "What?" And
1: the rules only apply to the Beckys.
0: I literally, I kid, like, I kid you not. I was like sweating because I was getting so mad, and I was trying to control it because I knew that if I lashed out, I would, would give me more trouble. I looked at my, I looked at my manager and I said to him, "I said, you expect me to stay on the phone with somebody who's being highly abusive to me? I was like, not only two weeks ago did you not just say that we're not supposed to allow this abuse to happen, but it's okay for it to happen to me." I had to sit on that phone, they forcefully forcefully kept me on the phone with this person. And then the black manager had to come up behind me and tell me in my ear with my phone on mute to this man, Brittany, you need to finish this call. And she stood behind me and rubbed my back and said to me, you need to finish this call. And I looked at her and I said, how can you ask me to do this? And I had to sit there and shoot. So my actual manager and then the black one both forced me to stay on the phone. Acting as if that I wasn't feeling any form of pain in the sense of emotional distress, they didn't care. And I will never forget that because when the call ended and he stopped apparently accosting me, cause now he got what he wanted. I literally threw my headset off and I walked away. I literally broke into tears because I was like, he is literally verbally abusing me and you're okay with it. And I'm getting forced to stay on this call and be nice to somebody who has called me every name in the book, has offended me, but you're telling me I have no choice. But the same scenario happened not only two weeks ago to when we got that training to a white woman and she was allowed to walk away from the call, but apparently black people have no feelings. That's also yeah,
1: another the same thing that we happened.
2: Used to work at. Huh?
1: The same company we used to work at. Yeah. And I remember many of the white girls getting frustrated and storming out and no one said anything. She's getting her five minutes, guys. Let her walk it off. I am like, What do you think <laughs> I could
2: do why that? I always shit, say it.
0: It's like you have white women who weaponize privilege, and then you also have the white people who are your managers is a black person who use their authority over you to force you to do something you don't want to do. Well, because
1: yeah. You indul- the, the indul- if you
2: disobey them, you're screwed.
1: The black person is trying to keep the other niggas in line for the white people.
2: Oh God.
1: Yeah. You know, it's funny because we're talking about privilege right now because definitely white women get a shit ton of privilege. Like, that That deserves no type of argument whatsoever. But I will say that there are some keywords, some, one more time I'm going to say it, some women who do have privilege in certain situations in general. Yeah.
2: For example,
1: have you guys, I, I'm not sure if you guys have discussed this on the pod yet, but have you guys discussed the situation between No Name and J. Cole by any chance? We did, but yeah, we, we, can, we can revisit it, we but we, it. we did. We did discuss it. We did. We did. Okay. But
0: we can go over it again.
1: <laughs> okay. I just wanna. I just wanna say my piece about this because I've been. Fuming. We haven't had you on, so this might be yeah. an extra long episode. It's fine. Zoom is allowing us to keep going. They just told me, so let's let let's okay. keep it. Because I've been fuming and seething about this for the longest time. Like this is one this is one of the reasons why I missed cool, doing choreo cool so much. Because I get to let that ish breathe. Like when it comes to these these types of things. All right. So full disclosure. I had never listened or even heard of No Name before. Mind you, there's a lot of rappers of this current generation that I'm not really that familiar with. Like, they have to hop on a song with the artists that I don't really typ- uh, typically listen to mm-hmm. in order for me to even be aware of them. That's the only reason why I'm aware of the baby, because he was on J. Cole's Revenge of the Nerds album, or Revenge of the Dreamers album. Anyways, so I heard about how she put up a tweet basically saying how um, rappers' whole discographies have been about black plights. Mm-hmm. And yet, we don't see them on the front lines or anything like that. So, I'm thinking, okay, she's probably talking about Kendrick Lamar. I'm thinking that's what I was thinking. Yeah, Kendrick's majority of his discography, discography is about that. Jay Coles, he touches on it a little bit here and there on his albums, but that's like the next best guess. Other than that, you're not talking about Common, you're not talking about most def, Teller, Quali, Nas, like they're not even relevant as part of this generation. So, it's got to be either Kendrick but or I have the same opinion I, I had, but go on, go on, right? So, anyways. So before I even heard about that tweet, I heard the song that J. Cole put out called Snow on the Bluff. So I'm thinking, oh, it's just a new track, whatever, right? And he's going off about how he came across this woman, telling him this, that, and a third about Black Plight, da 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 And I had no idea it was about No Name. Not until I started looking into it. And I heard about the tweet that she put out. But then I also noticed that she took that tweet down, like, maybe like a few minutes or at most a day after she put it up. So I'm like, hmm, that's interesting. We'll revisit that later, by the way. Anyways, so basically, this woman is basically insinuating that J. Cole has done nothing for the betterment of Black people during this whole particular time during the pandemic or any time in general. That's where I got mad because now I'm like, "Hmm, hold on." You handle this, or you so- want me to handle this? You want to handle this? Go ahead. No, 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 no. Let me get this. I, I, this, this has been on my soul for the for this whole thing transpired. So I'm thinking to myself, hmm, mind you, I'm not a J. Cole stan. Like, Justin, you're a bigger J. Cole fan than me. I, I think I, stands, I... I'm a J. Cole stan. I own it. But, fan. like, I would say, like, J. Cole is like, in my top five, basically. But anyways, that's besides the point. So I'm like, hmm, so J. Cole hasn't done anything. So in 2014, he wasn't marching in Ferguson when Mike Brown got killed? Okay. So in 2015, he wasn't marching in New York when Eric Garner got killed? I can't breathe? Okay um in 2015 that same year he didn't uh repurchase the old home that he grew up in so that he can use it as a safe space for for single mothers to li- live in rent free hmm, okay a year. um and he also currently wasn't marching in 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 or i guess in north carolina uh for support of george floyd's situation
2: hmm, okay. he also hasn't oh. done his dollar
1: and a dream concerts Literally every single year he's been out. So his fans that don't necessarily have hundreds of dollars can come to his concerts. We can have more black fans at his concerts. So we the tickets for a dollar. And not only that, not only that, but he's also the same person who refused to perform um, at the NBA all-star game. uh, That was, that was held in Charlotte because um, previously it was supposed to have happened in 2017, I believe either 2017 or 2018. Um, But what ended up happening was there was a bill that was to be passed in North Carolina that would have transgender people be permitted to use their own bathrooms. So in other words, another form of segregation. And so Jay Cole pointed that out and said that he did not want to perform until that was reenacted. Or sorry, not reenacted, but like retracted, uh, actually. And the NBA agreed. And the NBA even offered to pull out of the All-Star Weekend in Charlotte if that bill wasn't reversed. So that bill wasn't reversed, and therefore they had to pull it out. But then they eventually did reverse that bill, which is what led to the NBA All-Star Weekend uh, taking place uh, in Charlotte in 2019. But it was literally started by J. Cole who said, I don't want to perform at this until that bill is reversed. Because he saw that the plight of that community Was was at risk basically. So again, Jay Cole has been at the epicenter of a lot of social issues for the longest time. For as long as we've known him as an artist, so for this person who's the number one rapper and socially conscious and speaks about this, that, and the third. For you to say that he doesn't speak on any of these things is completely irresponsible. And to me, it reminds me of Azalea Banks, the way she uses social issues as a way to gather followers to, to rally up on her side. So when I heard that from her, I'm like, yo, that's that's a very dangerous accusation that you're throwing at J. Cole, of all people. All because you didn't see a fucking tweet or an Instagram video of him being on the front lines of a protest for George Floyd, which was later surfaced anyway. So here's the thing now. And Justin, me and you talked about this with our with our boy with our boy GQ. I said to you guys, if this woman responds with a diss track or with any response track in general, she's a hypocrite. So what does she do? She responds with a fucking track, and the track was like just over a minute long, and she, she and she was slyfully trying to use it to put light on what's happening with with like with uh, with Brianna Taylor and, 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 and other black women who were who were murdered by police and what have you, but then you know, slightly, you know, mention J. Cole and be like, wow, this guy really still wants to respond to me, even though this and that ain't happening. But by doing a track and mentioning J. Cole, whether by name or not, you are responding to him. So doesn't that make you a hypocrite? So when that happened, I'm like yo, fuck this girl. She's fucking dumb. The thing that I didn't like out of all of this was that Everyone was clapping at Jake Cole, all because he used the word tone. And then everyone flipped that and be like, oh, tone? So you're trying to say black women have attitude? Oh, so you don't oh. like black women? There are black women being killed right now. How dare you? Uh-huh. No, like, if it, like, listen, I'll say this. That's I'll say black this. that's black Twitter. That's black Twitter, of course. Now, to be completely fair and to be completely objective or as objective as possible, neither of these two people should have been in that back and forth with each other because again, it creates a distraction at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But what I don't like to see is the is the fact that a lot of people put blame on Jay Cole for this whole situation happening. No, the blame should have been put, or at least a fair amount of blame should have been put on no name for even putting out the tweet. And if you didn't feel no ways about the tweet, and you feel strongly by it it would still be on your profile by now. But no, you took it down because you had a motive. Your motive was complete and enacted and you knew it was wrong for you to, to mention that because you knew it would get people talking. Because if anyone knows Core, if anyone knows rap, then they know that like Jay Cool is one of the most socially aware rappers of this particular generation. So for you to use them as somewhat of a, a, of a Ponzi scheme and as, as, as a MacGuffin of sorts to basically use that as a way to kind of reinsert yourself into rap once again because apparently she's semi-retired, that was classic of her. So for her, shame on her. I feel no ways about saying that. No, she's trash for me. I said the same thing in our episode and I sat there and I was just like, okay, J. Cole is one of the most socially conscious rappers of this whole generation. Right? I'm not saying Kendrick is, I'm not saying Drake is. Drake Moore puts his money where his mouth is, but doesn't really speak. Kendrick Moore speaks it in his lyrics while I find J. Cole speaks in his lyrics and is also there on the front lines. So I give J. Cole that respect, right? Literally the most socially conscious rapper of this whole entire decade. And with everything he's done, you want to take Jake Cole down. Literally, the only thing I blame Jake Cole for is he shouldn't have responded. I know a hit dog gonna holler, but you shouldn't have. You shouldn't. You should have left it alone. You should have walked over it. Once he responded, she took advantage of it. This is my moment. I'm going to get in the game, right? Azalea, exactly like you said. Mm-hmm. Now, when he did drop the diss, he wasn't even dissing her. He was. He literally started off the song saying that maybe opportunity to grow up with two parents Mm -hmm. and you grew up in an environment where you were able to be educated and didn't have to live through this, you have a different opinion. But I oftentimes think that your opinion kind of judges Black people like me who grew up in this environment who don't know more. You would do better by teaching us and not demonizing us and saying that we're ignorant or idiots. Then he went on in the second verse to literally come back and be like but you know what i don't know everything myself and i'm still learning myself just because i went to university people think i know everything but i don't so i could also learn from you and all he said was the only thing i don't like is your tone he didn't even diss her he gave the bitch a ted talk yeah he literally he literally he literally admitted that he was wrong he had a bitch a ted talk but yet all of of a sudden it's like j cole dissed. and i understand the tone thing is that issue that Black women have dealt with, people saying that, like, their tone or they're aggressive. So I get that. But yeah. judging by the context of the way J. Cole prefaced the whole entire song, that's not what he meant, but you know people are gonna run with whatever they can run with, right? And the fact that we, as a community, and I mean Black Twitter, right, was so easy to cancel J. Cole, and I had a conversation with you about this, right? And I wanna hear your opinion on this. Mm-hmm. and I've noticed this within the hip hop sphere, I should say,
2: mm-hmm.
1: we are so quick. As soon as as soon as soon a Black person comes out and we see that they have a certain amount of education, a certain amount of intellect, mm-hmm. it's like we put them on this high standard and the moment that they say anything that we don't like, mm-hmm. cancel. Mm-hmm. Even though this Black person has done so much good, represented us in a great way, mm-hmm. profound, they do one thing wrong, cancel, which is why I say this generation would have hated Tupac, right? But at the same time, you have so many rappers who literally make millions of dollars degrading black women, make millions of dollars talking about selling drugs to black people, have anthems about killing black people, glorify the drug and gang culture, call themselves real niggas, disrespect poor black people by saying they ain't shit because they don't got money, all of this shit. And then on top of that, come in their interviews and say some of the most ignorant shit. I like light butts instead of dark butts, a plethora of shit. We never talk about canceling these people. It's like, if you are black and you are intellectual and profound, you can't slip. Like you literally cannot slip because they will cancel you. But if you're an ignorant ass nigga that says ignorant ass <laughs> nigga shit every single day, we don't say nothing. We let it ride because uh, because the, the opinion is, oh well, he doesn't know any better, so we'll let it ride. He could just he could say whatever he wants. I remember when when uh, Soldier Boy said that that he's happy slavery happened because he wouldn't have had all these diamonds and chains and jewels, and we let that shit ride. You know what I mean? But if if J Cole or Kendrick or God forbid Drake said that, it would be a wrap. It's just like, I never get it. Right. So, yeah, just to bounce off what you're saying, I, I completely agree. And I agree mainly because of the fact that the idiots of the rap game are often praised. They either praised or we just see them as comedy relief. I think the biggest example of that is this particular rapper, who I think is the most overrated rapper of this particular generation, and that's Meek Mill. Nick Mill has made a career off of being, you know, ghetto fabulous and being that fly, flashy dude who will go back to the slums of Philadelphia, riding in a right riding his new new Rolly on his wrist, whatever. Like he always talks about the same fucking roley over and over again, right? But that's besides the boy, screaming about it too. A be, a whatever. I can't what and, the email says. It's not says. like he's yelling at you. He is yelling. He is yelling. He's yelling. He's like, <laughs> he, he's like DMX going through puberty. Like just high <laughs> The texture of his voice is not pleasing to the ear. Anyways, that's besides the point. Um, he talks about all that stuff and then he gets arrested and then he gets a two, I think the original sentence was anywhere between two to four years. And I went on the radio. I probably said, like, listen, like, it sucks that he's in that situation, but are we really surprised? Like, he violated his parole, God knows how many times. He he, he has all these people around him, like Two Chains and Rick Ross, and like all these veterans who are like basically trying to like guide his career in the right direction, but he never listens. Now, you can make the argument that his, that the that the judge who was always on his case all the time had an unfair bias towards him. And I agree with that. But if that's the case, then you with your with your with your defense team, you should apply to have a uh, you apply to the da to have a different judge presiding over the situation if you feel like there's cases of of bias happening but they didn't do that and i feel like it was just meek mill just being generally irresponsible and then they want to make him the face of justice reform when he as an entertainer has so much privilege that he could just either skate on a case or get a lesser sentence case in point he was only in jail for six months when it was supposed to be a two to four year sentence. The regular black guy in Philly who's working on a bodega somewhere isn't gonna get that opportunity. In fact, he's gonna get double that sentence because of the fact that he's not a celebrity and doesn't have friends in high high places. Now that this guy's out of jail, he's friends with, with, with the owner of the Philadelphia Eagles, that guy wearing his fucking like, M- Maybach music chain and all that. Now he's aligned and affiliated with Jay Z, talking about all these justice reform initiatives. And people are looking at at Meek Mill like like now he's a new freedom fri- fighter. Why? All because he came from the hood and he's talking about all this gaudy shit. And now he wants to now he wants to be the prophet of the people who are lost. When and you Meek have said people, many times, that he's not a freedom fighter. Yeah, like when you have people who have been talking about that, whether it is Jake Cole or Lupe Fiasco. Or anyone else in general, people who are who are, Um, and I don't want to use the word enlightened because it sounds very pretentious. But people who are at least at the very least very knowledgeable about these things, or have talked about these things ad nauseum within their music, or because of a certain diction that they have, or the type of vocabulary that they have, or even maybe the background or upbringing that they had, you decide to tune them out, all because these ain't real niggas. These aren't real niggas, therefore hate, they can't relate so to much. real nigga shit. At the end of the day, and said, uh, so no, you're going to love this part. At the end of the day, they were just trying to show them the large picture. But they refused to look at that large picture because they wasn't a real nigga. But Meek Mill, he's a real nigga. So whenever leader. he gets to talk about shit like justice reform and police brutality, whatever the case may be, they're going to listen to it because it's coming from a real Nigga. you want, you want to know what yeah. you want to know what it is, man, and and like, and like and like I you're right, you're exactly right we we brought this up in the episode we had about blackness, where I literally touched on this exact topic, but I'm glad you brought up, yo, you're actually right, man, you know what it is, man I feel like I feel like when it comes to black people in the West and when I mean the West, I just mean like Canada, in north America america they say. London, just the west right English speaking black people in the west. it's just like. I don't know what it is. I don't know if we've been sold as ghetto fantasy for so long, but it's like, it's the same concept with Drake and why no one liked Drake, right? Because he didn't come from a certain, he didn't come from the ends. Drake isn't from the ends. So we didn't like Drake. Why did somebody from the ends? And then Tory Lanez came out and Tory Lanez is from my neighborhood. He's from the ends. And all of a sudden, everyone's like, Tory Lanez, mind you, I like Tory Lanez. I'm not dissing Tory Lanez. I fuck with Tory Lanez. I saw Tory Lanez when I was younger, being in the mall trying to sell his CD. So, I have the utmost respect for Tory Lanez but I know that people like Tory Lanez over Drake cuz he's from the ends Drake's not from the ends right and the ends people who are not in the fucking GTA just means like the black neighborhoods in Toronto but I just feel like black people want like this superhero like black people want somebody who came from like the bottom bottom and it's like I said right there's this whole idea where it's like where it's like the more white oppression you face is the more black you are as much as we hate white oppression The more white oppression you face the more black you are right so black people want like they want a superhero they want this person who came from the ends his daddy was gone his mom threw him in the dumpster he grew up by the stop sign he raised himself he had to kill niggas hustle murder pimp and then when he got to the age of 20 he turned his life around He became, like, a missionary for Black people. Like, they want literally, like, the Malcolm X story told again and again. Like, they want someone that came from that. Because if if you... They scream out Black excellence, right? But if you are someone that came from Black parents who struggled to work hard, to provide you with a better life, to educate you, and then you went into the social sphere and became a celebrity, they don't want you. Because it's like, no, you didn't grow up hard enough, unless you're Beyonce. Beyoncé is the only exception to this motherfucking rule. But if you're not Beyoncé, we don't want you, right? Because people don't realize the only reason why Beyoncé met Kelly is because Kelly's mom was the maid of their fucking neighbor, bro. The disrespect. But it's just like, that's it. Unless you're Beyoncé, it's like, you got to come from the utmost gutter. We need to know that you came from the gutter to represent us. And it's just like, yo, there are so many Black people who are in parliament, who are in, well, I'm talking about, okay, I want to say, well, think to America. There's so many black people who are in the government, who have government positions, who are lawyers, doctors, who are well-educated on these topics to speak, but we're like, no, we want to hear it from Ja Rule. <laughs> we want Ja Rule to tell us about this. We don't want this person that went to school and has the degree to tell us about this. We need Ja Rule. And I, I know you're itching to say something, Daniel, so I'm gonna let you fly it off, go ahead. Yeah. And you know what? You're absolutely right, man. Because, like, it's it's this idea of quote-unquote blackness that people have. And, you know, the, the popular and operative phrase that black people love to use when it, when it best suits their narrative is the following. We are not a monolith. But then when it comes to these scenarios, then you prove time and time again that we are a monolith, basically. Like, you don't want to be treated like a monolith, but then you have these rules and guidelines that, that certain black people abide by. And, and then sometimes appoint themselves as the gatekeepers of said guidelines, if you don't follow these guidelines, then you're not really black. And, and I've heard you guys talk, touch on this numerous times before, so I'm not gonna do like a rehash or what have you, but this is the exact same scenario. It's like, you want somebody who's from the hood or you want somebody who was beaten and impoverished or somebody who's just from your area. It could be somebody like an Akon, for example, who grew up in Senegal, and who had next to nothing when he had how many uh, uh, siblings that, that he had to care and provide for. Him being the youngest out of all of them, growing up in, 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 a, in a poor uh, poor village outside of the main cities and what have you. But because that isn't American, people don't identify with Akon being a real nigga, unless if he's doing a track with Rick Ross or whatever. Like That's literally how he got his stripes by collaborating with people who are considered real niggas or who have been through the shit or through the struggle. When, in all actuality, no struggle is universal. Like, the term struggle is universal, but the forms of struggle are not all one thing. There are different forms of struggle when it comes down to it. And I feel like when a lot of these people in America get the opportunity to look at their lens outside of America and see what struggle really looks like in other continents, then I feel like they would get better perspective. But because of American culture in general... It basically puts like a bubble around them to know that we're the only ones that matter. And it's funny because sometimes they're the ones talking about how people above them think that only they matter. But sometimes they they adopt that mentality and they feel like only their struggle matters. And they get into this oppression Olympics mentality where if your struggle doesn't match theirs, then they can't recognize it because they've never been through it and therefore can't identify it, and therefore they dismiss it, which is extremely arrogant of them to do and that is just a byproduct of american culture listen my my, my parents are from the islands britney's too and it's like when you go to the islands on vacation but you know exactly what i'm getting at and you get off the plane and yeah. you take that taxi ride from the from the airport to your resort yeah. and they drive you through those neighborhoods in the caribbean yo you sit there and you're like oh my fucking god Bro, I, I went to Jamaica for a family reunion like three years ago. And I went to go look at the place my dad grew up in, bro. It looked like something out of roots, bro. Mm. It was literally a wooden cabin, the size of a bedroom. And you go in there and there's a stove in, when you walk in and there's cots. That that was a house. That's a mm. That's a small bachelor here. That was a house, wooden. I'm talking about, you can see the termites have broken down the wood. Mm. Wooden, in like and it's just like there's people still living like that in the Caribbean right so mm. if you and I know Americans love going to the Caribbean when you, you take that ride come on bro but mm. America do this all the time I know I mentioned this in one other episode not to spend too long on this but I know I mentioned this so I was talking about what's that woman's name that black woman who was running for the for the for the Democratic oh, party. Kamala Khan? yeah or Kamala, Kamala Harris, sorry, Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris. Yeah, Kamala Khan, yeah. Sorry, yeah so you know, Kamala, Kamala Harris, Harris
2: Kamala Khan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when, they, when they literally asked Kamala Harris out like, what would she do for the black community and police reform? And she said that like, yo, the black community needs jobs. They don't need you to build another rec set, another basketball court. They don't need you to put more money into the police to militarize them even more. What these people need is jobs. When you offer jobs in this community, you eliminate the poverty. When you keep militarizing the police, you're just making it worse for these people. Just offer them jobs. It's so simple, right? When they asked her about about reparations, she basically said, yes, it's something that we need. But Black people in America didn't want to vote for her because she was a prosecutor who prosecuted people, including Black people, because she's a prosecutor. And if remember, she can't choose who she prosecutes. And if Black people are overrepresented in the population when it comes to crimes, and she's gonna have to prosecute black people as well and that's the reason why they didn't want to vote for her and make her the running mate in the democratic party they didn't even want her but yet they picked joe biden who signed these crime bills who put thousands of black people are in jail who literally ignores the conversation about reparations who says that we need to militarize the police even more and protect- then cracks a joke saying if you don't vote for him you're not black and i'm just like so you have somebody here that's trying to help you because she is of jamaican descent and she's not african-american you don't want to vote for her she went to a hbcu but because she's married to a white man you don't want to vote for her but then you vote for the white man himself who clearly doesn't give a shit about you all because he was the running mate of a black man who once was president and i'm just like and it's kind of ironic because barack obama american descent per se like his father being born in Kenya, therefore he has an immigrant background, his mom being being white and what have you. So it's just like, so you kind of, you gave Obama the pass despite his uh, ethnic background, yet you couldn't give the same courtesy to Kamala Harris, even though her policies were probably arguably like the best out of all the candidates that you had with the exception of uh, Bernie Sanders. That Bernie, was. Bernie. Like, Bernie, You right. chose Bernie, You chose to go with Joe Biden all because he was Obama's running mate back in the day and, and also the vice president. But probably because of all the hilarious memes that you saw of him and Obama together, you probably thought, hey, well, he's cool with Obama. He's probably cool with all black people. Yeah, I'm going to vote for him. Listen.
2: Yeah, no, it doesn't no, work no, like that, buddy. The problem
1: is when it comes to politics, politics have now come to a celebrity crush rush. So if, crush as long rush. as you love a celebrity and they become a celebrity too, you'll vote for them. But it's... It, so let's, let's it's funny on. you're talking about that actually, because um, I, I just got the word today that Kanye West is said, like has Kanye once West. again thrown his hat in the running for the presidency in 2024, yeah. and that Elon Musk has endorsed him for yeah. that as well.
0: I heard about that on Twitter today, and I was just like, I just rolled my eyes and moved on because I don't.
1: Yeah, I just moved on. It's like it's business as usual. We already know how America well, does. America, I going America.
0: I don't understand why anybody wants to vote for that.
1: Him. Okay.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm. It doesn't make any sense. Like he doesn't, I honestly do not understand why celebrities in this day and age want to run for public office in a profession that they know nothing about. They don't actually study anything. Most of their opinions, when you actually hear what they have to say about their opinions, especially if they want to run, it sounds as if that they believe propaganda and that is what has actually formed the thoughts that they have. Like I do, I do not get it. It actually is really, really disgusting to me. Actually, like I just get disgusted.
1: Well, you know what? I think it started with, and I could be wrong, but I think the the, the fascination of celebrities running for a political office started with uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger being the governor of California, and yeah. even even before that, um, Jesse Ventura, who was a well known wrestler, was the uh, was the governor of of uh, Minnesota, I believe, either the governor of Minnesota of Minnesota or. The mayor of Minneapolis, but either oh, way, he man, had an important, political position, uh, important polit- political position with uh, within that area. So I think it all stems from that. But more more specifically, Arnold Schwarzenegger, especially when 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 you when you realize that he wasn't even born in America and he was able to hold a, a position in, in office within America. And that's not like the presidency or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. but he had that power? He had too. But president, yeah, but nonetheless, you yeah. like he had he basically used his celebrity star power to gain a very important position in office. And people said, well, if the Terminator can can be a, a, a political figure, then so can I. So I that's why you have, have this influx of people who are celebrities trying to run for a presidency. And now that Donald Trump, a celebrity, has become basically the president of the free world, now it's open season. It's like, if he can do it, then anyone can do it. I always hate the president of the free world. I'm like, it's one fucking country. Relax, bro. But um I, I i get i get the context but i will say this like I, I think it's a mix of the two i think it's a mix of obama becoming the first black president and it's kind of disrespectful because when obama became the president everybody was like oh my god but like, it basically let other minorities know that the president doesn't have to be a white male yeah it basically set a new plateau but at the same time a lot of white people, people in general, who didn't like Obama made it seem like, oh, if Obama became president, then anybody can become president, which is the ultimate disrespect. At that same time, Arnold Schwarzenegger was the governor, was the governor of California as well. But I feel like after Obama, it was just like everybody went to go run, which is why everyone's like, Oprah should run. The Rock, I'm like, no, 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 no. Can we, well, not we, I'm not part of this fucking country, but can y'all <laughs> choose a president who at, least, who at least has been a president of something. Let him at least be the House high school president. Or school like, a council council like a president. Senator. Yeah, like,
2: council
0: council been like a senator. Like a at public least public office. Like, that makes
1: sense. At least school council. Because y'all are just choosing anybody. And it's come <laughs> to a point where, like, in the beginning it was entertaining, but now it's like, okay, are you really thinking about Kanye? Are you really thinking about The Rock? Are you really thinking about all these people? Like, these people have no... Listen, listen, listen. I don't care if you run a... Con- Oh, I think Justin froze.
0: Yeah. Oh, no.
1: I don't think he realized that he froze either. He's probably going on a long-winded time. It right feels <laughs> like we won't get to hear it.
0: Come on!
1: Let me see if I can text him real quick. <laughs> I'm like, so
0: I don't, Is his internet cut out?
1: Sorry?
0: I wonder if his internet cut out. Wait, is it coming up? Oh, I thought it was coming back.
1: Oh, let me see.
0: Hopefully it's has oh. I think his phone is near him.
1: Oh, is he doing it from his phone, or is he doing it from... No, the he's not near
0: his phone should be next time, like, you're frozen.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I just texted him. He has, it's been sent, but he hasn't he hasn't received it yet.
2: Oh, he's gone!
1: Oh, wow. Oh, shit! Oh, man. Oh, shit! This is unfortunate. But I think he, he can still come back into the chat, though. I yeah. think you just have to okay. accept no. him in there. <laughs>
0: You disappeared. I'm waiting to see if you reconnect. And I really wanted what he had to say, too. Is
2: that oh, all right?
0: His Wi Fi. I think his Wi Fi. Yeah. fi uh, Yeah.
1: The plot thickens.
0: Oh, no. That sucks. Oh, wait. There he is. He's back.
1: He's back? Okay. Yes, he's back. Connecting. Back. <laughs> <laughs> I sang
0: that last time on the phone. That's the only lyric I know
1: from that song. <laughs> <laughs> My fucking Wi-Fi, bro. Yo, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this, okay? Oh, I, I, have, okay? I have Rogers. Has oh. everybody noticed that ever since COVID has started, whether you have Rogers, Bell, TELUS, it doesn't matter. It's like all of the wi-fi is just not as strong as it used to be and i'm like yo this is your time to show people how great your network is yeah I... my, my wife has always been good and now all of a sudden it just like it disconnects every day you know this happens like three times when i'm at work that's annoying i've only had one instance where my wi-fi was kind of and that was like only it one... sucks too because like that was in the morning when like i'm trying to like do my work basically <laughs> And then it it was out for about like twenty minutes, but I think that's been
0: one occurrence where it happens where I just didn't my Wi Fi just would drop all of a sudden. I haven't had issues since, but it happened all at the beginning of when everybody was home. It's like there were so many people using their Wi Fi that all of a sudden it's like they couldn't handle it and everything's crashed. Yeah. Anyway, as you were saying, Justin, because then you got frozen.
1: Yeah. um, (laughs) What was I saying, guys? Oh
0: God! (laughs) you you started and then you got frozen like this <laughs> i think you were just
1: talking I, about like what I, I was basically saying i was basically saying that like yeah i feel like after obama became president there was this notion that anybody could be president because a black man did it which is utterly disgusting and then you also had um arnold schwarzenegger who was governor at that time and then obama came in and now it just seems like everyone's being president like when i see people asking the rock And Oprah. I'm like, no, I'm not saying these people wouldn't be good. We need to stop doing this. You need to have held some sort of office, whether it's student council, whether it's governor, whether it's a senator, whether it's something. You can't just come in here and be president because you're rich or because you're a great businessman. That doesn't mean you don't have to be the president of the United States of America. And it's just like, but I feel like we also have built up this celebrity culture. Like back in the day, we've always had it. We've always had people magazine and us and We've always had Entertainment Tonight and all of these things. But because of social media, people now have the opportunity to talk to a celebrity, reach a celebrity. Like, I've literally made comparisons of, like, Instagram and Twitter and the social media age towards, like, people believing that they are celebrities. So, so it's just like, when you're, when you're on Instagram, your followers are a.k.a. your fans. When you now go, go into a club, as we saw when we turned like 2021, 20, all of us, they started having the red carpet with the background wall, so you could take a picture like you had some sort of Grammys or Oscar, sort of award show. It's just, like, it's just like people update their statuses to make sure that their fans or followers know what they're doing. People feel like you, like you have individual people in our society because of social media that feel like they are celebrities and we have built up this celebrity culture because now people can actually touch and talk to and reach out to the celebrities, right? And it's just like, I just feel like from this point on, we're gonna have celebrity presidents.
0: It's a bad idea. Just because the fact that you're a celebrity, like you said, or being able to run a business doesn't mean you know how to make decisions to run, to help run an entire country, to be able to understand the politics of other places. Like there was, There was something that came out a few days ago where they were talking about the way that Trump actually has conversations with other world leaders, that his own team was worried about it because apparently he's highly abusive and he just talks a bunch of bullshit and he also reveals things to other countries that he's not supposed to. Like other country leaders, like he says things and his team has to be like, dude, you can't say that. Like you can't say this to them. Like secrets, like you don't, it's like, I, I just can't. And to know that like he's given his like daughter and her husband, the highest levels of security clearance where they are part of like debriefings that are confidential or top secret. I don't really understand the purpose of that. I just he he's running the country like he runs his businesses. It's like he thinks he can just file for bankruptcy for America and be like, oh but that's okay. Filing for bankruptcy in the States protects your money. So if I if I bankrupt America, I just can protect my money and I can just start all over again. But he literally thinks like that.
1: It's, it's, and I'm not saying like, they've always kind of had a celebrity culture-esque to them. Like when Bill Clinton was coming in, people wanted to vote for him because he was a good looking guy. Same thing with John F. Kennedy. Is I'm it- not saying they didn't, I'm not saying they didn't have good policies, but we've always had that celebrity esque likability politics that go over your actual politics. Yeah, same now, with like, Justin Trudeau. Like he's yeah. a good looking young man whose dad was the original prime minister of Canada in the eighties. Yeah. So it, it, it falls it falls into Canadian politics too. Exactly. And and it's just like I just I don't know, bro. I listen, it's only gonna get worse from here. That's all I can say. But Daniel, I have something else I want to ask you. Before we get on the main topic here, I have one more thing. Sure. The last time when we were having our discussion, we were talking about cancel culture, which Mm. I know you hate, right? I'm going to get my battery. I have strong
0: opinions on cancel culture.
1: But what we were talking (laughs) about is the Jimmy Kimmel and the Jimmy Fallons and the uh, Howard Stearns and these people. And what I was saying in the last episode is the people who who are born in 2000s, they're not going to get it. But the eighties, nineties, and early two thousands was a wild time. Yeah, it was a wild time, and you have to remember, back then the shock is what made you famous. Howard Stern was what's called a shock jock. Yep. I remember growing up and Howard Stern had a movie where they a movie about him where they literally. Oh, in was the it movie, Private Parts? Was that the one? Yeah, Private Parts, Private Parts, and I remember there was a scene where Howard Stern would have women come into his radio show and masturbate. And, and, and then he would vibrate the actual mic and had a woman at her house put her genitals on the actual, like, radio and get, get aroused by that. There was moments where Howard Stern would say the N-word. There was moments where Howard Stern would have midgets fucking. There was moments, there's that famous video online where Howard Stern has all the dudes coming and gets the smallest dick size. And, like, Howard Stern did crazy shit, right? It's the same way how when Charlemagne came out, he was a shock jock. Charlemagne of seven years ago is not the Charlemagne we see now, right? Charlemagne back in the day used to tell a woman he'll lick your butt, he'll sniff your chair. Like, it's not the same person, right? So you have to remember, I'm not justifying anything Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon did. What I am saying is that at that time, that aired and we said nothing about it. Yeah. We said nothing about it. Yo, if you go back, Frank Sinatra, Dean Martin, and three other people, they would call like the the something five. No, the, uh, the, the Rat Pack. So, yeah, the Rat Pack. They used to come on in blackface and go on television shows and make fun of black people and it was normal. I'm not saying we should accept this, right? I'm not saying any of that. But what I am saying is, okay, unless it's rape allegations or child molestation allegations or things like that, if somebody did something at that time That was normal place and no one said anything and it aired on tv like the 40s and 50s with the blackface that was different because no one said anything because nobody could but i'm talking about the 80s 90s and early 2000s when no one said anything you kind of got to let it ride because it's like you like if if this happened like five years ago i get it But if it was back then i'm like yo if you go back and watch it live in color I'm sure the LGBTQ community is not gonna like that. Mm. If you go back and watch the Dave Chappelle show in the early 2000s, mm. I'm sure people are not gonna like that. Mm. If you go back, like there's just, there's so many things, Howard Stern, yep. Charlamagne, as I said, if you go back to L- was, um, when, they the yeah. when they had the Miss Chin character.
2: Yeah.
1: Remember Matt TV when they had the Miss Chin or Miss Kim yeah. character, the, yep. the yellow face? Yep, yep. If, if, you, if you go back and listen to all of your favorite rappers, go back to West Coast hip hop, In general, it ain't fun if the homies can't have none. A bitch ain't nothing but a trick to me. Bitches ain't shit but hoes and tricks. Like, are you serious right now? Are you serious? Are you dead ass? Like, do you know the shit that used to?
2: Oh my god! If
1: if you if you go back to Cameron, Cameron, (laughs) suck it or not. (laughs) Suck it or not. If you go go back to slap on my (laughs) knob. Oh,
2: like, <laughs> like what?
1: <laughs> Ludicrous! My fantasy. F- <laughs> I wanna like it, you. Are that you crazy? Right. You can't even go back, Kaya. Lick my neck, my back. Like, come on, bro. Like, so you have to understand that. But as a woman, she may have more privilege in that regard to say that shit, because now it's seen as women owning the sexuality and sense. Of course, of course. But but like at this time, yo, shit used to fly. It was a wild time. Nobody gave a shit. So it's like, I'm not saying what they did was wrong. I'm not saying him doing blackface was wrong. But he did blackface in the early 2000s and nobody said anything. So obviously it was okay back then. If you watch White Chicks, yo, I remember when they were trying to redo White Chicks and I kept telling you, no. Was it a redo or were they making a sequel? What? Weren't
0: they making a sequel to White Chicks?
1: They want to make a sequel, sorry. And I said, no, do not make a sequel to White Chicks because all you're going to do is give white people the power to be like, well, if you're gonna do that, then we could do blackface. Let and white you know chick- all the Karens gonna come out and be like, oh, I'm offended by this. This offends me as a woman.
0: Dude, the Karens a- already she- offended that they, they called Karen. Karens think that calling the Karen is racism.
1: Yeah, it's a racial slur. Apparently, We need to let white chicks sit where it sits and let it be what it is. Do not, do not make a sequel. Let it sit. Like there's so many things that was. I'm said- not gonna lie. I wouldn't mind if I saw like a parody movie called Karen and Karen. Or it's like two dudes and like white and like white girl face. I'm not gonna lie, I'd probably see that shit.
0: I like
1: something called the Karen and Becky adventure. Yeah, or like <laughs> Karen and Susan, or like whatever. It's just like, yo, I remember back in the early 2000s, there was so many movies about like a white suburban kid wearing grills and chains and be, be, being like a little gangster in a suburb and being accepted by the black people and just literally walking around doing blackface without the makeup exactly and we all laugh and accepted that yo there's movies like 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 um like revenge of the nerds and freaks and geeks yeah. where the nerd guy has sex with a drunk popular girl and then tells everybody and she was knocked out and we accepted that like yeah. you know how many of those american pie movies couldn't play in this generation like you have to, you have to like, listen, yeah. if you weren't born. Nadia having the cam on her time. and then she didn't know that she's being video cams. Yeah. Like, that, that, that's revenge porn basically. Yeah. Dog, if you, if you didn't grow up in that time and I, I, I admit it, we were raised off rape culture. Oh, we were completely raised off rape culture. But if you didn't grow up in that time, you know, whatever happened in that time, just leave it in that time. Mm. That, that's my issue. Like mind you, I'm not condoning what Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel or any of these people did, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying like, okay, we got to have some sort of some sort of rule around this cancel culture because it's like, you know what I'm trying to say? That's just my opinion. So, oh, let's, so I'll say this. I'll say this. So when it comes to can- cancel culture, it's not really that productive, unless if we're talking about the extreme cases like R. Kelly or Bill Cosby or, or Jeffrey Epstein, for example. Like In the extreme cases, sure, cancel the fuck out all of them because their, their behavior still continues to this day, essentially. But when it comes to, you know, the Kevin Hart's and and, and whomever, cancel culture is not productive because you're automatically judging and executing them without even giving them a chance for redemption or even acknowledging what they've done in the time since then. So like going to the Kevin Hart thing, for example, like there was a thing that people got mad about when he said how if his if this kid was gay, then he would disown him or or something like that. And you've seen that in a comedy skit. And this was something that he said back in 2011. Since then, he hasn't said anything remotely similar to that because he's now aware of his brand. He's also aware of the people that he works with are within that community as well. And therefore, he has a heightened level of sensitivity to not say things within that context. So I, I'm a firm believer of if, you have done, if you've done anything to rectify yourself of those, of those wrongdoings since then, then you should be given some sort of benefit of the doubt that you, that you now know better. And I feel like when it comes to Twitter and social media in general, we never want to give people that benefit of the doubt. We never want to give them, for, give them a chance for a deficit. It's basically kill on sight the minute you do something wrong. It's almost like we're living in the medieval times where if you steal a loaf of bread, then your hand gets chopped up. And I feel like that is what, ha- what the court of public opinion has now become within the social media generation. And it's a lot of people who are on message boards just being allowed for the sake of being loud, for the sake of their voice being heard, because now they actually have a platform for their voice to be heard. And that's for better or for worse. And that essentially what cancel culture has come down to. Even the J. Cole thing that we were just talking about right now, how many people were willing to to cancel this guy because he used the word tone to describe, you know, how he felt about how no name addressed him. Even though a day before that, a day day before all that transpired, J. Cole was your freedom fighter. He was your favorite rapper. He was a person who helped out the poor, et cetera, et cetera. But because of a disagreement that he expressed through a song which he didn't say anything berating of a woman's uh, you know whatsoever he was ready to cancel. I feel like the problem is sometimes it's the wrong people that aren't being canceled and like if you are going to talk about you know uh, a particular recording artist who says this and that about women or whatever the case may be then there's a lot of people that should be canceled including Amik Mill including a fucking whomever, you know? Like, let's just cancel 85% of the music industry if, if, if that's the case, you know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of these people aren't calling for them to be canceled unless if it's the extreme case. So when Kodak Black said how he wants to, have sexual relations with Laura London, you know, once she gets over her grieving of Nipsey Hussle. Uh-huh. Then that's when people came out the word and say, Yo, let's cancel him. Even though this guy's been saying problematic shit for the longest time, this guy is on trial for rape allegations, man, like in sexual assault allegations. But, but no that one's saying anything to make it back in the day. So I feel like, and this is kind of what what you're kind of touching on, Justin, earlier, when you said how some of the people who stand out as your biggest and brightest are, are given built to no leeway if they do something wrong, but the people, who are just shitheads on a regular basis. like, well, that's them, whatever. And they won't cancel or won't call to cancel unless it's something extreme. I remember way back in 2013, Rick Ross said something to the, to the, uh, to the effect of date rape, talking about putting a molly in a drink, she didn't even know it. And people are ready to cancel him, But then like, maybe like two months later, this guy comes out with another banger and we forget about it. You know what I mean? So I feel like when it comes to cancel culture, I feel like there needs to be, like you said, certain rules and parameters put in place and also how to go about it. But the the problem is you can't organize a mob. Like a mob just has a mob mentality, and there's no organization, and there's no there's no uh, there's no proactivity with mobs. There's only reactivity. So they only react to what they see without looking, looking within the context of a situation. And I've often said this before, and I'll say it again until to, to my lungs collapse. And it's the fact that context is a lost art, especially in today's age, because nobody wants to do the work to figure out the root of an issue, or where it came from, where it stems from, and what has transcribed since then. Instead, we just want to react immediately because that is the mob mentality. And if you don't react immediately, then you are automatically a part of the problem. So I feel like cancel culture is a very toxic culture, and I feel like it's the people who champion themselves as quote-unquote social justice warriors who are in front of this Cancel culture movement. And I feel like they are just as problematic as some of the people who are doing things that could be seen as questionable. And I feel like one industry in particular that has suffered the most through cancel culture is the comedy industry. Like nowadays, you know, stand up comics can't say what they feel or say within the context of a joke because the moment they say something that may be insensitive to a particular group of people, they are now on the precipice of being canceled all because they, they don't understand the confines and the context of a joke. And I'm not saying that it's right to call every single person the F word in terms of, 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 uh, of the gay community or whatever the case may be. But if there's a particular context of something that you're saying with, within a joke, and let's keep in mind that comedy is basically a reflection of real life, but we humorize it to, to alleviate ourselves the pressure off of it, then I think we should give these comedians the right to do their job. I go to your job and saying, no, you're not doing it right. You're supposed to do it like this because I, who have no experience in your job, is telling you how you should do it to make me happy. Yeah. Well, if you, if you have no experience in my job and you kind of aren't really expertise in it, then why are you even here? It's the same, people, it's the same for the people who are, or, who are watching these comedy specials, who probably aren't into comedy or even into that particular comedian, and they're getting mad. It's like, well, then why are you watching? Like You chose to watch my comedy special. Why are you now getting angry? Like you, you reap what you sow. You got yourself picking truth. because exactly. they're mad at Dave Chappelle for saying for saying the f with maggot, but then they're not mad at Louis C.K. who was saying nigger and all of his comedy routines exactly. up until the Me Too. And, and and the interesting is like when it comes to this cancel culture and censorship culture, especially, it's funny because you know, and and Brittany, you can probably speak to this as well since you're on YouTube as well. Yeah. It's, it's funny how like when it comes to YouTube algorithms, they'll kind of block out certain videos if you say certain words. So if you yeah. say the word racism, for example, like you may not get an ad played through your video. If you say another particular word, you won't get blo- you'll not get blocked out. But it's funny because if, if anyhow I see and I go to a YouTube channel and somebody says nigga, for example, that doesn't get blocked out. That doesn't get it's censored. All oh, the again. Time to her. So again, yeah. you, you pick and choose what you want to censor and what you want to block. So overall, you know, to kind of wrap it up on, on this set, I think cancer culture overall is problematic because there's no way to organize it. Because at the end of the day, it comes from an angry mob mentality. You can't organize a mob. A mob is not organized. They're disorganized. They're not proactive. They're reactive. And like it's like the minute uh, like the, the way I would categorize cancer culture is like a matchstick being ignited by gasoline fuel. Like everything just goes up in flames immediately, and there's no control for it at all. So yeah, I think it's problematic, and cancel culture, ironically, in and of itself, should be canceled.
0: I think the only thing with cancel culture that I have an issue with is the fact that a lot of people will jump on something before they actually know what's happening. Like you said, I think the only time that I'm okay with canceling a people like canceling of people is when they've actually done something that's perpetuated for over time and for years, and something that's actually severely impactful to other people. So that's the only time that I actually think that it's worthwhile because no one should be praised if they, what
1: are you doing? That's a little weird. That was a little, <laughs> weird. Looked a little oh, weird. I wasn't gonna say anything. I was gonna let it be. <laughs> that should be canceled. You know, I saw two, two, yo, yo! I put the I put the laptop down, I was trying to, like, my leg was twisted, so I'm trying to, like, stretch my legs, but as soon as I saw the way the legs
2: looked, I was just, like, I had to lift it right away. Uh, I don't I know if you were, right like, away.
1: trying to, like, give birth or if you were like, trying to get sex real quick. So Sorry. I was, like,
2: I was,
1: <laughs> yeah, I was trying to skin yeah, myself out. I was trying to skin myself. Yeah, I was ready for all those legs, man. Come on now.
2: So, I'm okay with it in that
0: aspect of cancel culture. Uh, someone like a Harvey Weinstein, Jeffrey Epstein, Bill Cosby, R. Kelly, I'm okay with that because of all the honesty, they were disgusting people. And to do that is just gross. So like, I have no, I have no issue with that. Right. I think for me, when it comes to cancel culture is when you mention the YouTube space, it's just because there are certain people in the YouTube space who are heavily problematic, but that, ironically enough, the YouTube algorithm actually favors them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't know if you guys know, about the whole thing that's going on with this one beauty guru, his name is Jeffrey Star. He owns a company that is literally worth multi, like he's a multimillionaire from his beauty, his beauty company. And he ended up doing a series with this guy on YouTube who's famous for doing documentary series. His name is Shane Dawson. He, Shane Dawson is famous on YouTube for making docu-series. So what he does is he will interview famous YouTubers and he will make a documentary on them that spans sometimes 10 to 21 episodes. Now he became so famous from this that people actually made events out of his documentaries. What ended up happening is he partnered with Jeffree Star and a man who was a part of the more reality docu-segment ended up creating a beauty line with Jeffree Star. I can't remember what it's called—something zombie or whatever nonsense it was. The problem is, is that he is problematic because a few years ago, which now hit media, because um, old old tweets and old videos of him came up that Jada Pigott-Smith saw and Jaden of Sean Dawson pretending to jack off, like pretending to masturbate, oh, to a yeah. woman, right?
1: What?
0: Well, I'm getting that. So.
1: Oh, I gotta get a charger. So
0: there are old images of Sean Dawson in front of a picture of Willow when she did Whip My Hair Back and Forth of him yeah. pretending to masturbate to an 11-year-old.
2: Okay. Wow. Okay?
0: So then what ended up happening was is that Jada obviously didn't know that this had happened because she doesn't watch YouTube like that. And neither Jade right. Jada her son. Mm-hmm. So when this came out, they lost their minds. They were like, you did what to my 11-year-old daughter? When she's 11 years old, you thought that this was funny? Yeah. I understand why she's mad. It's her child. I understand why Jaden is mad. That's his little sister. Yeah. The issue I have is Jeffree Star, going back to him quickly, he is notoriously known in the beauty community for thinking that he is able to do whatever he wants and say whatever he wants. He has openly used the term nigger to black people. He has openly said that he was going to actually beat up two black YouTubers, Jackie Ina and Shayla, saying that they were gorillas and making fun of them and saying that he would beat her down and actually like commit physical like abuse towards these two women mm-hmm. he is heavily problematic yet he is still very famous on youtube the algorithm favors him and it's almost as if he has never held accountable for what he has done mm. he still till this day thinks that just because he said sorry that it's okay but then it resurfaces that he sends these hateful messages towards these black creators
2: yeah
0: but then it's okay for him to be able to do these things so you have jeffree star who i believe should be canceled because his behavior has not changed Mm -hmm. i believe that he is a racist but he still profits from his own racism because everybody loves him so much Mm -hmm. then you have shane dawson who apparently in his past has had issues with small children almost like he's a pedophile but he is famous for being friends with jeffree star and on top of that it is known that he actually has said very sexualized things about children but he's still famous Mm. And he's still well known. It's interesting to watch these individuals who have made themselves famous from literally talking to themselves, ultimately. Mm. And it's okay for them to have that behavior, but nobody wants to cancel them. It's was like, oh, but they'll learn from their mistakes. Oh, they did this. Oh, they, um, oh, they said that they were sorry. The fact that the behavior is still perpetuated till this day and that people are making excuses goes to so they haven't changed. Because even they keep doing what they're doing. I understand why people don't want them around anymore. Mm -hmm. That that I understand. When it comes to cancel culture, like um, Justin mentioned Jenna Marbles. Mm -hmm. She had videos from when she first started YouTube 10 years ago, ultimately doing a Nicki Minaj impression where people said she was doing blackface. Then she had a song that was based around, um, if you were Asian, saying words that are, I don't even want to repeat them, but like, her saying things that were classified as being derogatory. Not else. saying them, and <laughs> there were comments made. And this isn't like early 2000s because she's been on YouTube for a decade. Which means she started in 2009, 2010. And she's been on for 10 years, mm. and people told her that saying these things was problematic. But she didn't think it was a problem. But now recently, Jenna Marbles has stepped away from her channel. Jenna Marbles' channel is like the fifth most watched in the world. Now, oh, wow. PewDiePie is number one. Pew- PewDiePie, he was the gamer dude. He's the yeah. number one watch YouTuber in the world. Jedi Marvel's channel's fifth. That's that lets you know how her caliber of channel, you're like, holy shit, you're the fifth most watched channel in the world. Right. She stepped away from her YouTube channel apologizing because she said she didn't think that when she did these things that they were offensive, but now she knows that they are.
1: She's from Hamilton, right? I can't
0: remember.
1: Uh, I think you're you're thinking of Nicole Arbery, That's the girl from Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Right. but I actually think about Jenna marbles and I say, I wish that when people brought it to her attention 10 years ago that she actually took it for what it was and the problematic like nature of these things to actually address it then. She, when I, I actually did watch her video, she seemed very sorry. Like she actually seemed like she was like heartbroken that people are still holding this against her. The only thing I think it is is that I, I appreciate the fact that she took it on herself. Like now that I've seen the video, at first I was kind of like, well people brought this to your attention 10 years ago, why'd you keep doing it? Right. My issue is is that it was brought to her attention, she kept doing it. Now she's sorry and stepping away from a channel, but it really is not really going to hurt her that much, because her channel is still, her channel is still trending. So it, has, mm-hmm. it hasn't actually impacted her in any way. I don't think that she should be canceled, per se, now that I've seen her apology, and I understand that she is trying to be better from it, because that's actually her trying. But when regards to Shane Dawson and Jeffree Star, those two are they're sick. Like, they actually don't deserve the success that they do. Like, I'm disgusted to even think that, especially when I heard the fact that he fetishized Willow at the age of 11, that freaks me out. Yeah. Because she was a kid. Yeah, okay, she's an adult now, but.
1: Right. Like, I think the difference when it comes to the Jenna Marble girl is that in 2010, there wasn't an outrage against anti-Black racism in that regard fast forward to 2020 now yeah. especially in this outspoken yeah. era that we're in so I think that's what that's where most of her remorse comes from because now she knows that it could possibly affect her in terms of viewership and what have you so yeah, she, I don't know the girl that well but like on, on the outside looking know. in it it sounds like that's where you know her remorse is coming from so maybe, maybe you're right maybe she is maybe she's genuinely resourceful but just from the outside looking in that's what it appears to be yeah. and if we are talking about cancel culture as a whole like if they're if if you're really about cancel culture and canceling things that are deemed as negative towards society, then let's cancel anti-black racism. Let's cancel Great. police culture. Let's do that. If you really want to cancel something, cancel those two things. it only aligns with certain people's beliefs when it comes to cancel culture. They pick and choose what they want to cancel. Yeah, so that's right? like why too much yeah. culture is problematic. This is why they're going around and they're pulling all the episodes of Golden Girls and this you and need they're need all.
2: Remove and that, that, and that,
1: and they remove and Uncle Ben's, and I'm happy they're doing this, but it's like, why don't we just change systematic racism? Exactly. I'm happy you're changing exactly. all of this stuff at time. time. but why don't we just stop systematic racism? Let's stop racism. Let's stop the militarization of police. Let's stop the fact that police presence is so high in Black neighborhoods. Let's stop defunding Black neighborhoods. Let's stop defunding their schools. Let's actually offer the Black schools and the Black neighborhoods actual proper funding. Like, why are these things being ignored, but yet we're doing all this small stuff and around it. But this we tell you why. I'll tell you why.
0: The country, that's why.
1: It's because they're gauging people's interests. They're, gaug- they're, they're doing all these initiatives to see where the level of satisfactory is going to come from. So Black people say, yes, finally things are changing, then that's right, he's gonna stop and it's gonna go back to the status quo. Well, if black people, like, like what you're saying are, no, we wanna see more. That's when you see more and more of these coming, of these coming up. We're gonna, we're gonna change Uncle Ben, we're not happy. We're gonna change Aunt Jemima, we're not happy. We're gonna change the name of, of all these sports teams that have racial, racial connotations, including the Cleveland Indians and the Washington Redskins. We're still not happy. It's like, fuck, what do you guys want? We want reform, we want society reform. So until society reform actually happens, black people are going to are going to for the most part be dissatisfied with whatever changes are happening in terms of what has been known in the status quo in terms of imaging and what have you even if we see an influx of you know black actors and what have you or actors of color in general take on more leading roles and more blockbusters or whatever the case may be it's still not going to be enough as long as black people continue to air out the fact that it's not enough and eventually you're gonna hear black people not. Okay, I, I can't say complain. That's the wrong word to use. You're not gonna hear black people, you know, protest about things like this anymore once those systematic changes are put in place. So I feel so far America will go in terms of institute, in, instituting some sort of actual productive change. So mm-hmm. they're throwing all these little caveats in there, these these little M and M's and these and these and these little you know rockets in here to to gauge our interest. But if we're not taking it. Then they eventually gotta give us a main course. They gotta give us give us the steak, the turkey. I, like, I feel like, and just t- touching on what you're saying, I know like my battery is complete shit. And when I do plug it in, I have to like sit at the edge of my bed so it's not, it's not as comfortable. And I'm not trying to do the Lionel Richie thing where I'm leaning in like this over the bed, trying to have a conversation with you guys is not cute. But I'll say this, man. Um, I honestly, I honestly feel like they're trying to do what they've always done. They don't want to give black people the full meal. They just want to give you a little bit. So it's like, okay, you guys are complaining. Let's give you Martin Luther King Day as a holiday, national holiday. Okay, you guys are complaining. Let's give you February as Black History Month. We'll dedicate everything to it. But it's funny because when Pride Month comes around, all these companies will put the rainbow flag up. Black History (laughs) Month, I don't see no companies alleging themselves with that, but whatever. But then it's like, they always give these little things to shut you up. And it's just like, I think for once, black people and especially black Americans should stay strong and just say no. Reparations, police reform, racist and systematic hiring practices canceled. Like the things that actually matter because if they can get away with giving us a half eaten bone, they'll give us a half eaten bone and then wait another decade for us to complain again. And then give us the other half of that same bone, which is what they've been doing. Right, like they're, they're essentially pacifying blackness. Even these recent stories are coming out of voice actors stepping away from the roles and not playing the voices of black characters anymore. That doesn't do anything for me. Like you've been playing this black character for how long now? And, now and a for me, it, it doesn't do anything for me. Like, it's not like you are playing like the role of a stereotypical black character. You're playing a character who has certain personality traits who just so happens to be black. I'm not offended by that. Keep on playing that character, it's fine with me. The only issue I have, you know, if we're talking about, you know, voice actor work is when I see a black voice actor only playing the role of a black character in a cartoon. No, that that actor is good enough to play any other character, regardless of their race, if that's the case, if you're giving that same privilege to to a white voice actor. So don't take that black or that white actor away from that role just because you feel like it's going to give room for another black actor to play that role. Because, hey, maybe that black actor doesn't want to play the voice of a black character. And B, you're basically saying that this company or this production company is now open to the idea of quote unquote racial hiring or, or, or div- diversity hiring. No, don't hire that person because they're black. Hire them because of their credentials at the end of the day. And like you should, and like I guess you should be hiring more people of color if you are inclusive or, or as diverse as you say you are. But don't just do it just to fill out a quota. Do it because you actually believe in 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 having a, a, a diverse network of people but just don't do it based off of tokenism and i yeah, feel and, and going back to that. the original argument going back to the original argument i feel like you know a lot of these companies that, that are now taking down and jemima and whatever the case may be i feel like at best all they're doing is just pacifying our our play essentially just pacifying it just giving us little, little little driplets of the formula here and there but no like we want the whole fucking jug that like, gives us a whole goddamn jug in, in the words of Matt Damon, famously, diversity happens in front of the camera, not behind. When he put his foot in his mouth, he actually said that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a, there was a whole, there, that? there was a TV show. What was the TV show? There was a TV show back in there like five years ago where they would like, they, they would like interview directors, da 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 da. And one, one episode of the TV show, he told a black woman who was on his cast complaining about diversity behind the camera and the writers and the producers and directors, and he says, no, ha- diversity happens in front of the camera.
2: It's just a fucking
1: talent. And then right. he, came out, he came out and did a formal apology. This was like 2016 or something. Yeah. I must have forgotten about and this. And that has
0: yeah. resurfaced since then, because people people don't care that he gave the apology. They still like to remember that he said that, because you said it. it won't
1: Wow. I mean, I shouldn't be surprised, but, like, that's such a tone-deaf statement to me, because, like, Diversity in front of the camera is just as important as diversity behind the camera, because typically, you know, when it comes to, like, you know, black films, or whatever, you're only going to get the black writers and and, and the black cinematographers, etc. But they should be able to work on, quote unquote, white films, too, if that's the case, because it's a matter of how good you are at your job. Like, you shouldn't just wait until the next Black Panther movie to hire a majority black behind the scenes cast. No, it should be that it should be it should be the case for every single role that or every single film that comes out in hollywood and what unless happens. you're shonda rhimes and you own your own shit the rest of the black people just get called when something black is happening Yeah,
2: but
0: aren't most aren't most white people for the most part tone deaf i mean
1: oh yeah i mean that's where the privilege for comes in
0: they are tone deaf like they think that they're giving you diversity because you're in front of the camera but like no no you can't be behind it no 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 you can't write no, 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 you this been, in,
1: in, in the same token i i hate it when when there are film companies or like, or like TV studios, whatever the case may be that, that over magnify the fact that they're diverse. Like yes. I hate it when I hear Marvel studios announcing that they have their first openly gay character or their first openly deaf character or the CW, especially with their superhero shows. It's like, we now have the first openly gay character playing a lead role in the series and it's a female. It's like, I don't care about that because now you're telling me that the main reason why I should care about this character is because they're gay or they're black. No, I want to care about the character because of their personality traits and what makes them a di- a, uh, a divisive character or a polarizing one, or whatever the case may be. The fact that they're black or gay should be secondary. Like I don't. This, this is this probably the reason why I stopped watching Black Lightning because it, it it became to overemphasize the fact that this particular character is black and that they're in a nuclear family and 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 they try to show in different aspects that happen within black American history, and they almost tried to spoon feed it to me rather than trusting my intelligence in in picking up all these things. It's why the Batwoman TV show got canceled from the CW, because it it became too much about her being uh, a female lesbian character rather than her being- I thought that she just left. Or sorry, sorry, she left, pardon me. Like, she just couldn't deal with the pressure of, you know, all all the backlash. But the backlash came from the fact that the, the show was more about her being a female and lesbian- rather than, you know, being bat woman. It's the same reason why Captain Marvel got a lot of flack, because it, it became like a Female Agenda movie about how women can't do this, but they can, in fact, do this because this person's a woman, and it's like, and then they try to shoot on too many different things in there. Like, I'm, we've talked about it ad nauseum yep. before. Like, yep. Don't make a movie about a, uh, an openly gay Black female character who happens to be Muslim, no. Do it based on the fact that this character has a particular personality that we can all kind of get invested into, whether we like it or not. And the fact that she just so happens to be black or gay, whether the case may be, that is secondary. Don't make that the crux of it. If that were the case, Black Panther would be a bad movie because they would focus on the whole time that, that he's a black man, who's a king and all that. Like You don't have to mention that verbally. We see it. We actually see it. The fact that you didn't have to shoehorn in there and you just let it become part of the story is the reason why it was critically acclaimed. But when you try to shoehorn these things in and be like, see guys, see, we're diverse, then it's like, okay, now you're just pandering to me. Don't pander to me. Like, I'm not a baby, I'm not reading a pop-up book. Do not insult my intelligence. So I think there's a, a gray area that people have to post. So it's be be mindful of your diversity of your diversity practices. But then, at the same time, don't try and over cater to a particular segment of people by by being gimmicky with your approach. You got to find a middle ground in, in, yeah. in the equation of everything. No, I agree with you. And speaking of speaking of pandering, uh, our friend Jada on Red Table Talk. Let's get it. Been telling us how to be in a relationship. You know what? You know what? Okay. <laughs> okay. Harvey is you, at that. Point? Wait, have you guys
0: watched Red Table Talk? Like through like an actual actually like, a couple
1: episodes uh, i've only I've watched, watched one, one. all the way through to be honest because it's all the same
0: okay i've watched yeah. quite a few of them because i wanted to actually see how she has these conversations so i've watched i watched like the entire first season <laughs> just to get an idea of what she was talking oh,
2: about man.
1: i watched a few of them here and there just to get the feel yo let me if my laptop dies it dies bro like i can't do this <laughs> lean in shit bro get an extension course Plug your laptop in.
0: It can't just die.
1: I, it is plugged in, but if I plug it in, it can only reach here.
0: Okay, and you then you you're have I to I sit think? there. Or just lie down.
1: I don't want to up while you do it, too. I don't want to lie down, yo. <laughs> I don't want to lie down. You have to lie down. Nah, man. It'll be like a sleepover swag.
0: I literally <laughs> no, am gonna, no. I literally am going to cut all this nonsense out. I don't want to lie down. <laughs> I'm going to cut that out. Okay. <laughs> did you have not change, oh. Daniels?
1: I didn't. Nah, I was getting too hot in my room. And I have my laptop on my lap and it's charging. So, like, it's, like, adding to the heat. I feel
0: like I'm the only person whose laptop is on a stand <laughs> and who's sitting down a ring.
1: It was on my desk before, but then my, my back was hurting, so. Okay,
0: okay,
1: okay. Yeah, I'm just trying to make shit work right now. I'm trying to not get my feet in the thing, man. Fuck. I
0: can
1: still see them. <laughs> I Can't it. see them now. There we go. I don't want my feet kicked up in the back. See, mad the making fun of me on the video. <laughs> <Is laughs> so, so what are you doing? Stuff. Nothing. What are you doing?
2: <laughs> Nothing.
1: <Age laughs> danger.
2: No. Oh.
1: <laughs> hey, big head.
2: Oh so. my god. Long time uh, um. no talk, loser.
1: How <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't even message me anymore. You don't try, like no, bitch. You don't try. Why?
0: I don't like you, so that's why I don't
1: do it. Oh, bad. Well, if you ignore me, it's no problem. But whatever. That's another conversation. <laughs> what are you doing? Don't worry, guys. We're gonna have Daniel on here a few times, especially during the <laughs> COVID season. But yeah. okay, let's let's jump into this. So, let me Surprise, let me let me, yeah. let me let me let me open it up. So okay, so Jada Pinkett Smith has the show Red Table Talk with her mom and her daughter. What's the fucking bitch's name? Willow. Um, uh, no, Willow doesn't say shit. I feel like Willow... Yeah, she, like episodes. Episodes. she just sits there and she's just like, right, yeah. And I'm like, but then I realize this woman has no life experience to, to ease off of, so I get why she doesn't say anything. In right? other episodes,
0: she does have stuff to say, but it's mainly about when they talk about their family. So the episodes where the family is involved, Willow has more to say. But not in yeah, every
1: not she doesn't, she doesn't really have any ooh. dating experience, so I get it. Like, I was done on the episode where Jada came out and basically said that, like, um jaden had to move out to his own house at 15 because he was so mature and and it was time for him to move out and they trusted him and i was just like dog stop this shit jaden was just rich enough after doing pursuit of happiness karate kid and the other movie with his dad which flopped that he had enough money plus he has your money to move out and live next door to you in calabasas and then also he's 15. So he wants to bring over a man or woman or whoever it is. And holiday. I think if, I think if any of us had the opportunity to move out of 15 into a mansion, we all would have done it. Yeah, Ma, so no break, especially no if we had a maid to still cook our meals yeah. and clean up after us, we all would have done it. <laughs> That's when I was done. But, um, no, so long story short, Jada has openly talked about, um she, like her her i would say red table talk has kind of become a thing on facebook where when black celebrities are in trouble they go to red table talk when white celebrities are in trouble they go to right ta- they go to red table talk and when they just want to talk about relationships femininity masculinity gender roles they talk about it on red table talk with no with no other commentators mm-hmm. it's become a home base for people i'm not mad at it i think that jada's found her niche jada was a huge actress in the 80s and early 90s and then after that other than the matrix it's kind of here and there but Mm -hmm. she did explain that she wanted to become a full-time mom so it's fine but i think that it's it's jada's niche she's able to do it with her daughter and her mother i'm not mad at it if she's able to make money off it i'm a will smith fan why not get it done right Mm -hmm. now as far as i know jada had an episode where she answered the question of of people asking her if her and Will have an open relationship. She said no. But then there was another episode where Jada openly said that if they're they're never breaking up, so Will can be on one side of the house with his Joker and she can be on the other side of the house with her Joker, but they ain't never breaking up. So she stressed that too as well. Now, there's the R&B slash rapper, um, August Alsina. I have a few August Alsina songs. I'm not really a fan fan, but I like songs here and there. I don't hate August Alsina. He's part of the the thug R&B era, which is fine. Um, And apparently, August Alsina went on Angela Yee's uh, show and decided to just niche away the world. Now, there's two sides to this, right? So August Alsina has been in a relationship with Jada for what it seems like three or four years. It seems like he got Will Smith's blessing to do it, as what he said. Uh, there's pictures of August and Jada on vacation um, in hotels, out and about in different countries by themselves. So the receipts do add up. Plus he posted the text message thread in the music video. So the receipts do add up already, it is what it is. Now, I don't. I think Jada should just come out and admit it. I don't think she should pull a Wendy Williams and hide behind it. Because if your if you're if your whole thing is about talking about everybody else's problems and you you have own, it's like a Wendy Williams. Right, you might as well just come out and face it head on and be done with it. I feel bad for Will because I think it's embarrassing. And but I saw this one tweet where it's like, Yo, Will needs to just come out and talk about all all the women he's ran through <laughs> because it's, it's just gonna look bad if he yeah, doesn't. Will. Will just come out and be like, Yo, I ran through this 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 this, and make sure they're just as famous. Yeah. But obviously this is an agreement that they had and obviously she trusted the wrong person. Now, the narrative that I'm seeing around it is everybody is judging Jada. Not so much because she's in a relationship, because it was open regardless. They're judging Jada because background, August Alcina has a life threatening disease that affects his immune system. So when it affects him, he loses his memory. He'll fall asleep for several days. His body gets weak. He's lost his sight, he's lost the ability to walk, all of these things. So if you watch the interview in its entirety, most of the interview is about his disease. His dad had it and died. Um, His mom is the only one who didn't have it. His brother was killed. His sister was killed. And now he has the disease as well, and it's crippling his life despite the fact that he has millions of dollars. He acknowledges the fact that with his millions of dollars, he's able to take care of it. But I think the angle that people are going at it with and the angle that he was talking about it with was that he was madly in love with Jada and she knew of his disease and he's putting on the victim role for this, right? Which I'm not mad, milk it if you want, you know what I mean? And then he basically says that um, at the end of the day, he was in love with Jada and he wanted more and Jada said no, and then he decided to sleep with other women and that's when Jada got mad at him for talking to other women. Now, I don't know if Jada's looking at it as like, we have an agreement and, I'm fucking you raw and I'm fucking will raw. So you have to have some sort of content with that. Or I don't know if Jada actually caught feelings and was like, I like you too, even though I have a man and kids and a whole fucking family. I don't know what the reasoning of that is and I'll never know. But yeah, long story short, this is where we're here. The man said him and Jada broke up three years ago and he hasn't had sex in three years. And I was like, bro, what type of, what type of shit does Jada got? I thought Erica Badu was like that person, but I guess Jada is too. Let it ride on. Um, yeah, man. To be honest, that's, that's basically the recap of this whole entire shit. And now he's crying and exposing Jada. My opinion, okay, I think everybody in this group, especially when you're dating, you've been in a situation where you were the side man, side woman and didn't know it, right? And then you find out and then you make the choice whether you want to be in that situation, right? Or some of us might have Wanted a side sideman, but I don't know your, your lives, guys. But I'll say this, right? I think if you have that open relationship with somebody, I get why you're not picking regular people because they could just want to come up with money. So you pick celebrities because they're not going to want the money come up. You don't got to pay them off. But you need to pick celebrities where their life is well adjusted. Because the moment August Alsina turned around after the first or second fuck and said, like, I love you, you should have cut that shit off from then, bro. But you played into that and let that carry on. Now, the fact that this man has a dying illness, mind you, I don't know if he's milking that for sympathy or if he actually is, like, distraught by that. And that's that's the and maybe Jada was there for him. I'll never freaking know, right? But it's just going to look bad, man. I think Jaden Will need to come out and just admit it, clear it up. Will need to talk about a couple things he ran through in Smash 2 and just let it be what it be. Because right now, it's going to look bad. And she has to address that on the next Red Table Talk. So that's the first one I'll be tuning into.
0: That's why she released that tweet saying that there has to be whatever it is supposed to be coming out. I don't really know why this even matters, to be honest with you, because if it was at the end of three years ago. What is the point
2: of bringing it up now? Like, what, what are you supposed to get from this?
1: That's why I don't know why he brought it up. I was like, why are you sitting there crying on Angela Yee's couch? And it's usually the woman in this situation who does this. And I'm not taking away his masculinity for this. But I've just never seen a man cry. Over a woman who was married, and he was the side nigga. Like, and then he created a song, basically like the side nigga anthem. And I was just like, okay. It reminds me of when um, when Robin Thicke did the Paula Patton album. And it's just like, right, do your thing, bro. Daniel. All right. <laughs> okay, so I'll see this respect these. they got some cunt <laughs> I don't know so my hands are the- like this. I've built my hands, man. I can't even relax normal. When this story first popped off, I, I knew nothing of, of, the, of the situation. Um, and I was wondering why it was being made such a big deal because like we're all aware of the fact that uh, will and Jada have an open relationship. So why is this like blowing up the way it is? So I was like, okay, no let me let me entertain myself. Let me do some research on this. So from what I from what I gathered, it seemed like you know uh, uh, what's the name? August met the family through Jaden way back in like 2016 or something like that and then and then uh he eventually had a relationship with uh jada from like 2017 onward and it was to the point where he actually asked for the, the blessing of will smith to actually have that sexual relationship with her so i said okay all right so so good and then it got to the point where i was like you know looking all this information up and mind you i'm not on any person's side in this i just think it's kind of trivial but when I was looking this stuff, it's like, hold on. So you asked for Will's hand in this or like Will's blessing, so to speak, to have that relationship with her. But then knowing that she's already at the end of the day for the long haul in a relationship with Will as her life partner, as Will would say, okay. why invest every carbon of your, of your being into this woman, knowing that this relationship is only going to be temporary? You should have just treated it as if there was just a sexual exchange and leave it at that. Now, mind you, going on to the Jada side, I don't know what she was pumping into this guy's head as far as what she was looking for, as far as what she likes out of him, but like blueberries and and gumdrops and Jolly Ranchers and, and thinking that shit's sweet, Then that's kind of on her as well, knowing that this guy basically has a mental illness to to a certain degree, knowing that this guy is madly in love with you to the point where he said that if he dies today, then he is satisfied. Like you should have been the responsible adult and be like, hey, you know what? Like, I get you you have a lot of feelings for me, but this is how you really feel. Then maybe we should just kind of like kind of slowly drift apart if that's the case, because, you know, you're not going to break up and end your marriage with Will Smith. You're not gonna do that for August Alsina, you know, who's like 20 years younger than you. You have too much invested in your marriage with Will. You have three, what, two or three kids out of Will. You have you've invested like this fortune with Will that you're going to pass on to the next generation. You've you, you've built your brand through your marriage with Will Smith as a celebrity as a whole. Why would you ever think about throwing that away for a side man in in, in that sense? I know she didn't think about doing that, but. If you know that this guy's madly in love with you, and you know that the res- this relationship is more just for the sexual thrill of it, you know, for the most part, then why pump his head with ideas that this be more than just that? Jada's like, responsible and, with the pussy. Yeah, and I feel like that's where Jada's fall in this is. Might just hasn't confirmed that yet, but if that isn't the case, then what is? You know, why keep it going for so long if you knew that this guy was madly in love? So I think there's faults on both ends. Now, obviously, Jada didn't say herself that, you know, there was no relationship between the two. It was her publicist team that said that. But of course, they're going to get the green light from the head of the, of the team, which is going to be Jada herself. So I think it's up to Jada to really say what, in fact, happened to her. Hand. But as we all know, in every story, there's three sides to the story. There's your side, there's their side, and there's the truth. And so somewhere you got to combine two stories to find out where the truth kind of lies. So, I would say that for August, it's like, I get that he's going through a lot of shit. He's gone through a lot of shit in his life, and it's really unfortunate. But I feel like you still got to keep your wits about you, knowing that you actually had to ask the husband of a woman that you have some sort of feelings for. And you You would expose with it, yeah. I mean, yeah, you didn't have to expose it either. I think that goes without saying. But the fact that you had to ask the husband of a woman that you're into for his permission to have sexual relations there, that should have been your red flag right there. That should have been your coming to God moment to say to yourself, should I really be investing myself into this person? If I have to ask her husband, keyword husband, that if, if I can have a relationship with this person and then, just going, and, then, and then going to Jada, I get it. You know, at being married for so long, you you, you you tend to lose a bit of the thrill in your relationship with the person that you're currently with. But if you do have that polyamorous relationship with your partner and what have you, then you should already know the rules of engagement when, when it comes to that. Like you shouldn't be catching Feelings for some for someone else who isn't your husband, and on top of that, you shouldn't be coercing said person to have those feelings for you that are beyond the sexual level. And also, in, just from a petty standpoint, if she was in fact getting mad for, at August for having other partners, then you have no right to be mad at all, seeing how you are already married and you already have a secondary partner in that person. So is it okay if you're having, you know, you're kicking idiot too, but, but he isn't, no, he deserves that right as well. Like he has nothing to lose in the situation. Technically she has nothing to lose in the situation either because they already have a binding agreement. But at the end of the day, you shouldn't feel ways about him having other partners as well, unless if it is, like you said, like a, a situation where they're not strapping up when they, when they get in the sack and what have you, yeah. but beyond that, the fact that just okay. off the of the basic fact that he has other partners, and and you do as well you shouldn't be you shouldn't be mad at that everyone gets to have their own fun at the end of the day but yeah in this situation i think it's a petty situation like i came into it knowing that she has a polyamorous relationship with will and i came into it knowing that you know august alcina is kind of has the uh, tendency to fall head first into you know whatever woman that he puts his eyes on and i think a lot of these male entertainers do especially with the hip-hop and r&b but at the end of the day, why Jada? Like, I get it. She's, she's a wonderful person when I have you. And that's why she got married. But, like, why invest so much of yourself into that person when you know she's already married? I, like, you there know, are people the out there. There are many the out there. And I just, I just want to create a scenario here before Brittany goes. At the end of the day, I believe they weren't strapping. If you're going on vacation with somebody and all this type of shit, y'all ain't strapping, bro. Y'all been fucking for three years on and off. Y'all ain't strapping. You're going in raw. Mm-hmm. Which is fucked up because August House still has groupies, right? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, Jada Jada did talk about how early in their relationship that basically she was addicted to sex and she needed it three times a day and all this stuff. She's talked about that on the show. So I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure her and Will have this to like, kind of like, I'm not saying this is Jada's fault. I'm pretty sure Will likes to have his fair share of different type of women too. Mm-hmm. And this is whatever they agreed on. Now, the fucked up thing is they have a family. And I don't know if the kids knew about this, but now they know. And I think that's a little different, right? Because the kids might have seen them as just mommy and daddy. And you never know. Like, at the end of the day, Will could be like, yeah, I'm going to go film something for a month. But really, he's going to go chill with his ting. And Jada's like, yeah, I'm going to go film this for a month. But really, she's going to go chill with her ting. And the kids don't know any different because they're used to their parents being gone for months at a time. So it is what it is. I will say this, man. It's and the only reason why i'm blaming jada is because you should know better okay so i'll give you an example right like we've all been single so i remember being single and it's just like there's times when you get out of a relationship and you don't want a relationship so you want quote unquote offensive benefits right and daniel you know where this is going because in a male gaze it's always a situation of like we meet a woman, we tell her exactly what it is, we don't lie, we're like, yo, I don't want a relationship, this is what I can offer, this is what I can do. You put it on the table, unless you're a fuck boy, then you lie and then tell her later. Mm-hmm. But you put it on the table, the woman has the choice to say yes or no. Most times the woman says yes. And then lo and behold, months down the line, it's like, what are we? And it's like, I told you we're nothing. This is, this is it. Oh, well, well, I want more. And then it usually ends. And as you get older, you realize that that situation never truly works because there's always one person who's dickmatized or pussy ties, or there's one person who just wants a relationship to fulfill something in their life, whether it's, whether it's providing something for their friends, family, culture, religion, or for themselves. And that person will say yes as a way of getting into that situation, but that's not necessarily what they wanted. And that, that, that's a tale old tale, right? And it's just like at Jada's age... At Jada's situation, 48 years old, she should have vetted that. Mm-hmm. You gotta vet that. Like, there's dudes out here who ain't vetting shit, and there's girls out here who ain't vetting shit because they're just like, yo, I like you. If you end up, if you end up catching feeling, that's on you. I'm gonna get my pussy, I'm gonna get my dick, right? But Jada being in a relationship, a commercial relationship, a foundational relationship with children, where she has a show about her relationship, nah, fam. You should have vetted that. I'm sure Will Smith had vetted it because none of his women have ever come out. You see what I'm trying to say? Like, you should have vetted that. The moment that you saw him attach any type of emotional situation to you, the moment that he started pillow talking about, or oh, what if me and you were together? Or what if this? You should have cut that off from then. Mm-hmm. You should have vetted that. But obviously, when those situations happen, it seemed like you fed into it. And you helped him with his insecurities and you talked to him and you basically <clears throat> turned him in love with you. Mm-hmm. Because he talks about many times how he would talk about his situations with his medical illnesses and Jada would like feed into it and give him help. And I'm just like, that wasn't your role. Mm-hmm. Your role was to fuck that nigga and go back home.
2: Yeah. And nice. you
1: couldn't do that. You 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 caused it on yourself. You should have vetted that, man. You're too old to not be vetting that. Mm-hmm. Brittany? I
0: okay. think I think for me, when I was listening to it, because I've watched a few episodes of Red Table Talk, Will and Jada vehemently denied that they have an open relationship. They're like, no, it's not like that. That's not a relationship. Like, there's an episode where Will and Jada actually sat down and talked about their relationship and the rumors that people have said about them. In 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 one of those episodes, they said that they have become each other's like life partner and that they are committed to each other and to be able to find that level of commitment where they are, how do you, I don't know how to say it, where they're just, they just kind of are like these two entities almost, that they're completely devoted to each other. But then they also said in that episode, that Will, data says, there were certain things that I needed that Will allows me to have, just like how I allow Will to have what he needs to be able to make the relationship work. See, so even though they deny the fact that they have an open relationship, they still talk about each other's needs and the fact that sometimes the needs are outside of their relationship.
1: So I don't really know
0: how that makes any sense.
2: Yeah. They're basically mean? trying to tell us that they have an
1: open relationship without saying that they have an open
0: relationship. Yeah. That's what I got from
1: it. Like there are people who are on YouTube who have said that them and their partner are in a polyamorous relationship. But the way they described it, it sounded like friends of benefits. Like they'll go have sex with other people on the side, but when they come back together, then they'll have sex with one another. And they kind of lay out all these ground rules, or whatever. But like at the end of the day, just call it for what it is. Like if yeah. it's friends of benefits, say it's friends of benefits. If it's a polyamorous relationship or like an open marriage, whatever the case may be, say it's an open marriage. Like just call it for what it is. Like at the end of the day, no one's gonna gonna try and tear down your legacy because of the marriage that you have. Like, that is your prerogative like the fact the fact that people are talking about it means that they're kind of catching on to something that you're saying and like mm-hmm. it, it's not a matter of deconstructing or dissecting whatever you're saying. it's basically the verbiage that you're using, people are picking up on it and people aren't stupid. like based on the verbiage that you're using and the context in which you're using it in, people are going to surmise. That, whatever situation that you're in that you're trying to avoid saying because the word may have some sort of social stigma to it, yeah. that is in fact the case. So, be the bigger person or the be the bigger entity. Stand up and say, hey, you know what? Yeah, we are in an open marriage. We like to have sex with other people, but we come back to meet one another and we love each other. Grace, there you go. That's all you had to say. The M&M situation, the MM argument. I don't
0: think they really want to admit anything like that. I think that's why it's like when this whole thing happened. I actually didn't really see the purpose of him talking about it, to be honest. I didn't get
1: it. I didn't get it either. I didn't like, like, bring that up.
0: Like, he just sounded like he was kind of, like, mad that she didn't want him.
1: My, my question is, because from what I've been researching or trying to research or what have you, like, it sounds like this relationship started in 2017. And I think a few of the the videos that I've watched based on people who are kind of, like, I guess, like, research, you know, the sources are... Yeah has said that the relationship has lasted for about three years, so up until now. So I'm assuming that they may have recently broke up within like the last few months, and this has been sitting on its head since then, and then that's why he decided to vent it all out. But, like, again, it's just that the timeline just sounds very confusing because, like, otherwise, if you didn't just break up recently, then the only other reason as to why you're bringing it up right now is, A, something's wrong with your health to the point where you may only have a little bit of time left to live. You just want to get everything out in the open – or B, you're putting out an album. And he actually did put out a song recently called Nunya, where he was basically talking about the Jada situation without actually saying her name. So it has to be one of those two or three factors that are in play as to why he's mentioning something now. If he's doing this as a troll, bro, he his career is not gonna last. Because the way that people love Will and Jada, if this is this is all of, of if this is all not true, which I doubt it is, but if this is all not true, then yeah, he's he's gonna be cancelled. I don't think he'll be canceled. I think he just put out another hit and his core following of people will still listen. He just may not blow up to like an astronomical level like a Chris Brown or anything like that because the powers of that be will stop him from that, if that is the case. But I'm pretty sure I'm this kidding. is true. I'm pretty sure this is true. Like it does it, like all the cards kind of line up for it to be true. Yeah. I just, I just,
0: uh, wait to find out when it comes out with her red table talk, you'll be able to listen to what she has to say. Remember what August said and like Daniel said. find out where the truth actually is.
1: This is why you don't do shit with unstable people. And I know a lot of this takes like, just to bring it down to a human level, a lot of this, it, it takes time, right? We're, we're all three people who are around the same age here. And we're all in our early 30s. And we've gone through this in our 20s and our teens. We probably have all had relationships with Mm -hmm. unstable people, whether they were situationships or relationships. Mm -hmm. And we have seen the way that these people desperately need love to the point that they have said and done things and tried to do things where you're just like shocked out of your mind. Mm -hmm. We have seen situations where these people desperately need some sort of control, where they've done things that have you shocked out of your mind and we've learned the tendencies of these people and when we see them again on other people we walk away right it's just you it's hard to have a relationship with somebody who doesn't have a good relationship with themselves yeah that's the way to put it right i'm not saying unstable as in something's wrong with you i'm just saying it's hard right i've had relationships with women who are insecure and they will do crazy shit. they will literally they will try to ruin your job they will try to ruin your life they will as we said about our home, our homeboy, they will try to call the police on you. Like, because they themselves, if somebody, if you're in a relationship with somebody who thinks that if you break up with them, they're going to die or kill themselves, Mm -hmm. that person's unstable, bro. You need to walk away from that shit immediately. Mm -hmm. But I think that Jada, uh, Jada had to feed into that. Just a little bit.
2: Like, unstable.
1: not exempt from the situation. And like you were saying before, when it comes to knowing better especially when you consider the fact that she's a 48 year old woman she should more than definitely know better not not to go over somebody in that situation especially when you're dealing with like a rare case like august where he is like his body is deteriorating from like a rare disease and that has caused a lot of mental health issues with him in that regard even if this is like like, even if this is like a fully functioning human being I would still put the onus on her because again, like you are a grown woman, like you are 48 years old. You have a husband, you have three kids, you've amassed a a successful career, and you've had a ton of life experiences. I mean, I even, and this just popped in my head right now, actually, one of the videos I was watching while I was doing some research on this, like you go back into pumping ideas into his head. She says how there's a gap that August filled in her heart that that was once placed in there by Tupac. So you're basically comparing him to Tupac in, in that same vein by saying that there's a certain spark that he gave that you are ne- that that he is now giving her so if I will well, I'd feel away like if that's the case, like come the fuck on like you're basically comparing this man to Tupac not only in a musical sense but in the sense that he gave you that, that August is giving you what Tupac once gave her back in the day. Uh, can, can we all agree that that, that she fucked Tupac? I know of she- course. Like, hey, listen, if you if you try and deny that, I'm not talking about Jada particularly, but anyone who tries to deny that, knowing the history that she has shared with that, man, you're a fucking idiot. You're an idiot. Like, you're a you're, you're fucking born average. I feel retreat. sorry for Will, bro. I feel, I feel Yeah, because like, I, Tupac I is this, like, hard-headed, you know, fuck-persona dude who had, a, like, a wild edge and stuff versus, versus Will, who's, like, squeaky clean and what have you like but at the end of the day like going back to August and and her like the fact that like you made that major of a comparison to him when describing your relationship with him and and you're telling that to him like you are pumping this guy's head with ideas making him think that you will be together especially when you consider the fact that Tupac and Jada had a very very tumultuous relationship and you're not putting it in the idea that he can fill in that void that Tupac left when he when he when he passed away which was to be in that relationship that she never had with him he finds himself as the the surrogate to tupac now in that vein if you think about it based on what she said to him so again jada deserves to share her blame in this scenario but august at the same time also deserves his blame for allowing himself yeah. to be, you know to, to fall for a woman that he basically had to ask permission for in order to have sexual relations like this but there's blame to go in both, both ways and i think both people have to own up to it. And this is the thing, but Brittany, before you go, I just want to share some perspective on this, right? Because in the beginning, I was immediately like, yo, why is everyone bashing Jada? Like, August ain't shit. I had the typical man approach, August is a snitch. Why is August crying over this woman? Blah, 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 blah. But then there was a girl that put up a tweet that I had to really look at and be like, yo, she's actually right. Because she goes, basically she was saying, everybody talking about we shouldn't be judging Jada and that August is a bitch-ass nigga, whatever the case is, right? She put up a tweet, and she said, if the roles were reversed. Yep, yep,
2: yep. yep, And this this is why I started getting at
1: Jada, because it made sense. And, Brittany, I'm going to let you talk right after this. If the roles were reversed.
2: Cancel him. Cancel him. And
1: Will Smith had relations with a woman who had to ask Jada for permission. And this woman had a dire immune disease where she was dying by the day. And she came out on a national television show and talked about how she was in love with Will Smith, how Will Smith led her on and how she's dying and is decrepit because of her disease, and is losing her sight, her ability to walk, her ability to taste and feel. Woo! You know, they would actually Will put, Smith you know, would be canceled right now. Not only would he be canceled, but they would put that, They would put him in that predator category. Maybe oh my! God. Maybe not to the extent of an of a Epstein or a Weinstein or, or a Cosby, yeah, but I mean, they would definitely put him into that category. Only reason why they wanted to put him in, the, in that echelon of those guys I just mentioned was because it was a consensual relationship between Will and said person but they me. would look at Will as like he ain't shit. They would talk about oh, yeah, all the other relationships he had in his life. Of course, of course, of course. I'm him. not, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. I'm I just know. saying he would be put in the same echelon as the Weinsteins, whatever. But they would consider him yeah. predator in that regard. They would consider, him, they would consider him predatory. Because I know someone's gonna come out and say, "Why are we all bashing Jada or two black men shouldn't be bashing a black woman?" But when that black girl put up that tweet, and I had to think about it. Yeah. And I was just saying. Like, way around yeah. it would be will is taking advantage of this younger woman because mandu august alcino is only like 25 or some shit no no he's uh 27 27 it'll be will would taking advantage of this younger woman she had a disease she wasn't mentally in the right space he was sexually taking advantage of her jada didn't say oh my yeah. god so Brittany, i just want you to talk after that piece because when I thought about that, I was like, Yo, we should be getting at Jada then. But to be fair, I feel like from what I've been reading, what I've been hearing, I feel like a lot more people are getting at Jada oh, than course. August. Oh, which course. is surprising to me, actually. Because if you bash a Black woman for anything, then, you know, you're canceled immediately, right? Even if what you're saying is not bashing, but you're actually saying the constructive truth of the matter. But oh,
0: Honestly, <laughs> when I saw when I saw what came out I actually didn't even have an opinion um I saw the fact to me it was Jada is a grown woman she made a choice to be able to get involved with somebody and that person decided to come out and talk about it so that's on you for getting involved with that person because you're the one who made that choice so when it comes to him at first I was just like why are you talking about this now I was like this is unnecessary but then I flipped it and I was just like Oh, well, you chose that person, Jada. So this is what happens if you don't actually think and process that choice. I don't really want to. I don't really want to bash either of them because this is the type of situation that nobody actually knows what happened. No one knows what discussion happened between Will and August. No one knows what happened with Jada and Will. No one knows what happened with August truthfully and Jada. So no one really actually knows what happened in that entire scenario, except the fact that this guy is saying. I was in this relationship I really I, I pretty much fell for her and then she ended it and, and, and like it makes me upset then you have Jada who is pretty much denying that she ever had an open relationship with Will and that she didn't even really confirm or deny anything to do with August it was just the, the cryptic tweet that she put up so for me I think that the tweet that Justin is talking about is true. If the roles were reversed, this would be a complete this this would be trending on Twitter. It would have people saying, Oh my God, I can't believe that we we'll would do this. He's disgusting. All these different things.
1: That double standard now, will kick in real quick. So that's
0: what I was gonna say it's a massive double standard. Now, when she releases that video on my talk will I watch it, most likely because I want to hear what she has to say, because we are talking about it right now, because I'm gonna wanna know. Um But in all honesty, I don't have any judgment to either person. Like, I don't know. I I actually don't. And the reason I don't is because I don't really think that I have the right to be able to be like, well, Jada should have done this. And I don't think I should be like, August, you shouldn't have said anything. Do I think that it was worth saying anything? No, I don't. Because I don't see the purpose. Do I think that Jada probably made a poor mistake if it's true? Definitely because like justin said and like you said anyone that will has had any relationships with have never come forward probably because of the fact that they have no reason to and he probably took care of it better than jada did but i agree it's a complete it's a complete double standard because if the role was reversed will smith would be getting dragged right now everybody all black women on black Twitter, would be losing their shit
1: oh for sure they would they would take as we said earlier right there's certain people when they see you as being better than yeah. whatever the norm is in Black society. Mm-hmm. They have higher expectations for you. And Will Smith is definitely one of those people. I didn't curse in my raps. Mm-hmm. I did family movies. The only time I ever seen Will Will Smith curse was in that scene at Bad Boys when he's talking to, to Martin Lawrence's daughter's boyfriend, right? right <laughs> other, other than that, I've never seen this guy curse. So it's just kind of like they already have him on a high pedestal. They would take him Yeah,
0: out. and Will and Jada are, Relationship goals.
1: Exactly. A
0: lot of black women. Yeah,
1: oh like, God, Jada, like they are the black love hashtag. Basically. Yeah, they are. They are. They are the epitome yeah, of it. It was it was Jay Z and Beyonce until we found out Jay Z cheated. It was Will and Jada until this, and now the only one left is just Barack and Michelle. Yeah, basically. <laughs> that celebrity trio that that black woman hold on to, right? Yeah.
0: I don't know. I just. Honestly, I think I think honestly, I think that people just care too much.
1: I I really don't give a shit. But if we got to talk about something,
0: no, I'm not saying good. I'm not saying that I'm not talking about it. I'm just saying that I think that everyone else cares too much. Because her having an open relationship, how does that impact you?
1: Not at all. Yeah, having I mean, you love
0: not. to have a relationship. Not I'm not even talking about necessarily you guys. I just mean everybody else. Right. Everybody wants to have such this strong opinion about a relationship that they're not a part of.
1: Right. And you know, what the joke is it goes if back it, to celebrity culture. If it
0: it's real and it's been going around as a rumor, just admit to it so people can stop talking about it.
1: Exactly. <laughs> it goes back right. to celebrity culture, and half these people that are that are, I guess, judging it to a point. It's just like, bro, let's, because if we dig into your history, it's like how many baby daddies, how many baby mamas, or or you know what I mean, or if we yeah. go into like, or there's younger people judging it, and then we're just like, but all your brothers ain't your full brothers. All your sisters, your full sisters. So, it's no. like, what are what are we really looking at? But then again, we're not on the 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 podium, right? Right. Yeah. And like like I was saying at the beginning, it's just like when when the story started, you know, making headlines and what have you. Just like we you know that you know Will and Jade are in this open relationship or this alleged open relationship and what have you. Like, why like why are people like clamoring clamoring to it now? And then I got into the details of it. I'm just like. Okay. Okay. So I see the minutia of it. uh, There's some irresponsibility being played on 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 both sides, but nonetheless, I still feel like it's 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 very petty to say the least. And and you know what we're talking about. So hey, maybe we're contributing to it. But like nonetheless, it's 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 social media being the police of what gets to be said and what doesn't get to be said once once again. You know what I mean? It it, Mm -hmm. it comes into you know, it goes into the rules of cancel culture. It goes into the rules of being a social justice warrior and what have you. I think that's what it all stems from. It all stems within that same pinnacle and that same paradigm. And this story is no exception to it. I'm just, the only thing that's surprising to me about this and in, in, in all of it is the fact that more people are coming for Jada than they are in August. And I think that's it's only because, the- I think it's only because of the fact that August has these rare conditions that he's going through as far as his, as far as his body, on top of the, uh, the mental health and what have you. I think that's the only reason why. But yeah. that's for anyone else who was functioning and able-bodied, at best it would be split, mm-hmm. but you wouldn't see this overwhelming amount of people coming for Jada. It wouldn't even this be rare. rare. Everybody would be like, yo, you should be happy you even got into Jada, why are you complaining? Right. That's exactly what everybody would be saying. They'd be like, you should be happy your young ass even got in there. Why you complain? Dude, dudes would have dudes would have had so many comedical memes about yeah. like this guy gets into Jada and complains. What's yeah. wrong with this guy? Like it would have been going. Yeah. Hard. So you're a side man. Know your place. Like, yeah, I'm, like like they would have had they would have had his face of him crying and be like yeah because like you know you go you, you go back to the J Cole no name situation and most people are coming for the for the next J Cole despite all the evidence that proves that what he was saying was his interpretation of the situation. But again, we don't like context. So, like, if that were to happen to J. Cole, of all people, who was probably, arguably, the most well-liked, or at least one of the top five most well-liked rappers of all time, just well-liked, not, never mind lyrics, camping, just well-liked, like, people like him. Yeah. And if that were to happen to him, like, for him to do a heel turn like that, supposedly, then who's to say that the same thing can't happen to, a, to anyone else? You know what I mean? Like, in that situation with Jada, who didn't have the conditions that August has. I, I will say this just just to see the foreseeable future. I don't think this is going to end anyone's career, mainly because the Smiths Empire is ninety percent based off Will Smith. Yes, it's ninety percent based off Will Smith. And mind you, I I know that Jada took a backseat so Will could have a career, so she could raise the kids. So I'm not saying anything about that. But, but Jada's actually but, expressed her disdain for Will Smith at times because of the fact that. Yeah that she had to play second fiddle to him. She did, she did. But I'll agree that, like, the Smith empire is 90% Will Smith. And then even before her kids have become bigger entities than her, like, 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 Jaden freaking goes on podcasts and just talks in circles about what he thinks life should be about. And everybody looks at Jaden as a philosopher. And then Willow just sits there and does ad libs. And everyone thinks Willow is so woke, right? So it's just like, Jada is probably like, the least looked at person in the family. And that's not got a bad thing. What I'm saying is, like, if they decide to cancel Jada, the Smiths are still gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. There's yes. nothing, they're, they're gonna be good regardless. J- Jada freaking just started a water bottle company right right before COVID started. Mm-hmm. They'll be fine. So, and I think August Alsina, no one's gonna come for his career. I honestly think when Jada approaches this, it's either gonna be two things. She's either gonna come on with receipts proving that he is lying, but she better have some major receipts. And that, that might destroy August's career. But then again, he's sick, so people might look at it as like, oh, he wasn't in the right state of mind. He could come back with that. Right. But I think in actuality, she's gonna have to come out, speak about the fact that it's true. Will's probably gonna be on there. Will's gonna get, Will's gonna start crying, get the red eyes and shit. The family's gonna heal together. Will's gonna talk about how he has plenty of women. He's not gonna mention any names, obviously. But he's gonna just say it's woman that we all know and love. The family's gonna heal together. Jada and Will are basically gonna say that from this point on, you know, we realize that this is something that we needed in our relationship back then. But going forward as adults now, it may not be something that we need now. Me, me, and me and Will are now going to rediscover each other, and that's gonna be the fucking end of it, bro. And then she's gonna go on to the red table topic. again. You no, know, this guy actually said that he would die a happy man knowing that he experienced what he went through with Jada. Like, that's... Yo, I... That's, he's like 30 Badu. and he's saying that, man. That is insane. Like, I don't know...
2: What did
1: he say? I thought Erica Badu had, like, the best... the best crotches in the game, but... Right? I, I am sorry. <laughs> yo, we...
2: Yo, no, we've I, been... I, been I sleeping know, on
1: Jada, if that's the case. We've been sleeping on her. Yeah. Uh, now, now, when I go back and watch all these Tupac interviews, I get why Tupac was like, I love Jada. I love Jada. I was like, yo, Jada... Jada has something, something. Yeah. It's either that or I think that, because remember, August Alcina got famous when he was like 17 or some shit. Really? So I think that, I think at, I that, I think he was guy. in his early 20s. He's been, he's been around for like, like he's been every, around since like 2013, maybe? Around there, 2012, yeah. So like in his early 20s. So I'll say this I don't think August Alcina has had anybody love him. Like you know what I mean? Like everyone yeah. in his family has died, so me probably had groupies that threw mm. it at him, But maybe Jada's the first person to actually listen to this nigga and love him. You know what I mean? So maybe he's looking at it from that standpoint. Mm. But That's either fun. way, man, you know, I feel like these celebrities need where is their PR person before they do this shit? Well, the PR people are the ones who said, "Oh, Will and Jada are not in a in a in a relationship of that kind." or Neither did or or whatever the case may be. That Will Smith did not give his, his his consent to him to have that relationship. And I think I think I, I think I think Jada said how you know she she denies you know all the statements that he made, according to the yeah. PR at Where's August's PR people before he did this interview? August, what are you gonna talk about? August, don't talk about that. August, don't do it. Like, where are these people coming? Like, I don't, I don't so get they, it, bro. He said he
0: wasn't going to
1: talk about it, and then in the middle of the interview with Angela Lee, he started talking. His publicist couldn't do anything during that interview. Yeah. <laughs> the PR, the PR person was probably in the back, be like, no. No, no like this bro, like, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> Shit. And then she, she gets like a phone call like five minutes later. What the hell? I'm like, listen, I know. I told him. I told him not to say something. Don't stop me. I, I, I
2: get it. I.
0: Uh, well, shit. ever since, um, Jada has refuted what August has said. August has come back and said, no, he's standing by it. He's not backing off. He's like, it happened. He's
1: not backing down. But but this is the thing. It's like, I'm not trying to diss August, but I got to share the blame, man. August, you look like a sick puppy. Like, remember that Disney movie, The Fox and the Hound? Yeah. Yeah. That's what August looks like, like a sick puppy. I'm like, bro, I get it. Like, okay, okay, as much as we're blaming Jada, I just want to last put this, put this, put this energy to August, as you said. Bro, you walked in a relationship. You had to ask her man for permission to have sex with her. So you already knew this wasn't a real thing. She has kids. You came in the relationship through befriending one of her children. Then now you're hitting it off with her. You're traveling on vacations with her. You're doing what you want. You also have your own life and your own groupies. Logically, you know this is not a real thing. And it's just like, do you think that she, like, It's hard enough for a regular girl in this situation to leave her boyfriend or whatever the case is, right? Do you think Jada, who built an empire with her husband is gonna leave her husband for August Alcita, who's like a B-rated R&B star? It's just not gonna happen, bro. It's not gonna happen. I I I don't care whatever she was telling you about the dick you slang and all the shit she was doing. It was never gonna happen, bro. But I just... Listen, it is what it is. Uh, this will all be the first episode of Red Table Talk that I'll watch. Or I'll, I'll probably just wait until somebody clips the part where she talks about it. It'll send that to me and I'll watch that. Well, the whole
0: episode is supposed like, to be about it. So it's
1: going to be the entire thing. Yeah. I'm actually, uh, actually kind of looking forward to this now. Like, I've I've only watched one Table Talk. I can't yeah, remember what it was. It was, it must have been years ago. But a part of me is actually kind of looking forward to this now. I got to be honest. I'm looking forward to
0: it. I want to hear what she has to say.
1: Everyone's gonna be on like Facebook Live, like, like counting down when it's gonna come on. It's like, who got the link? Who got the link? Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch it too, still. I'm gonna have to watch it too. It's reckless. It's reckless shit, bro. Ah, well, yo, that's it, man. Nothing else really happened this week, man. That's yeah. that's kind of it. That was that was the last straw, man. I'm looking forward to it. Daniel, there's so many topics that I love to get your opinion on, but I know we've been on this for like two hours, so I'm I'm gonna end it now. But you know what, we'll, we'll have you in for some future episodes, you know what I mean? you wanna plug yourself one more time, yeah, yeah, so first of all, I want to say thank you guys for having me on this show. It's much appreciated uh, been looking forward to this for a very long time, so you know uh had to you know come correct on this, so I do appreciate it uh, but yeah, uh like I was saying, you know, um core radio, we normally do it live Friday's eight thirty p m uh the covid situation kind of halted that, but I will be reprising it again very soon so i'll make sure i'll update everyone on details when it comes to that but beyond that um if you want to catch past episodes and past clips and what have you um you can go to soundcloud so soundcloud.com slash cool radio cc um youtube if you want to see past clips of that then again you can go to youtube.com slash cool radio cc and then follow me on social media at cool radio cc on instagram on twitter and facebook and if you just want to follow anything, like, you know, myself-related, then, you know, just follow me on Twitter at DM and underscore cool. Uh, follow me on IG at cool for thought and yeah, that's about it. Okay, I like that. I'll robot. have
0: everything for Daniel listed down below, of all his links, so you guys can follow him, so this will be easier for you guys.
2: <laughs> Boom, easy. Thank you for
0: being on today. It's pretty awesome. So you're our first guest.
2: Yeah, man, lauder, gonna,
1: uh, <laughs> we, have, we have somebody else in mind that we want to bring on as a guest as well. We know he's been waiting. But then after that, man, we're going to open it up to some guests. We've had about yeah. two seasons of Just Us. We're going to open up to guests here and there now that we have Zoom. And we're no longer in the car. Let's clap for not being in the car. Hey, there you go.
0: No more car chats.
1: <laughs> I feel like I'm on drink chaps. But like, but nah, so it's def- it's definitely going to be good. Um, We'll let you guys know once we confirm who our next guest is going to be, and you'll definitely be seeing Daniel in the future as well, because we we're got we going to have some topics. We're going to, we're going to have to run by. We'll need your opinion on it. And shout-out to the defending champion Toronto Raptors. We're definitely going to get that crown once again in 2020. I, I don't do care. It. Y'all can put a big-ass asterisk on it all you want. That's that championship is ours once again. We're going back-to-back back like Drake said. <laughs> you want to show the back of that jersey, too? Oh, yeah, let me just, uh, you know, humble brag for a second, because, you know, man's a Oh wow
2: okay Okay.
1: yeah this guy so the man has his name and his birth date number on his own jersey yep i've been wanting to do this ever since eighth grade and i finally did it For our podcast viewers it's the drake raptors jersey but i like it
0: yeah for who can't see it
1: (laughs) that black and gold joint though gosh okay guys no we'll we'll definitely end this daniel if you ever need us on Cool Radio, whenever you start back up, you know I'm ready to come on. It's no, you don't even need to ask. It's all—it's a matter of when. <laughs> I don't because with you, it's like you have to use the equipment, right? Yeah. So it's different. Yeah. So you know, whenever, whenever you're ready, whenever you guys open up, we'll just we'll take a ride down there. I'm down for that. Let's do it. I'm down for that. I'm down. All right, bye guys. So all right, guys. Peace. <laughs>